Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. Points north, south, east, and west. I am west. I am out in Indianapolis, Indiana. Northwest. The, is it northwest? I bet it's like kind of straight across. Man, India's up from us, man. You think? Gotta be. Try I, it out. I mean, I'm, I'm looking now. You're right. It's probably a little north, but it's not. It's not like that far. I'm pulling it up right now. Good morning, Brian. How All right, you what's up? Um, not much, dude. I uh, so it is a little bit north. It looks like it's like about even. Maybe a little south of Philadelphia from a latitude standpoint. So, yes, north and west. Um, B, I'm fired up, man. The, the Combine's got some juice. Um, today we get to hear from Adam Peters. Um, Please tell me about the Combine, Jay, because Jeff in here trying to get me to watch Love is Blind. I mean, Jeff needs to get you are you are crazy dog. <laughs> let's 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 talk about what people want to hear about football. Yeah. Let's go, baby. Well, especially the fact that Jeff thought I was in Ashburn today. He and, thought and, you were in Ashburn. He gonna tell me, man, you guys love is blind. I said, ain't a man in the world running home to watch Love Is Blind. <laughs> Yo, he is I don't even know what Love Is Blind is. is. Then, uh, he was talking to Drab. Drab watched Love Is Blind because he just like like you. When Lauren Valdez, hold on, hold when on. Lauren want to Valdez just say he watched Love Is Blind with his girlfriend. What is it? It, it's, what is some, it? it's some little weird show, no. one of these reality shows. Is and I'll guarantee you, Valdez watch it with his woman. He ain't watching no, it by he, himself. He watches it by himself. Nah, he's now, no, he Jeff, don't. is it no, like the is it like the Bachelor kind of reality? So is Love is like Blind is show? basically these people are put in a box and they don't know who they're talking to across like the box. And they're trying to figure out what yep. they date I've, or marry yeah, this right, person. I'm good. And, and I'll say I'm this, good. And I'll say I've this straight up. Either either you a weirdo. Or you with your girlfriend watching that damn show by yourself as a man? Yeah, for me, we watch some reality, but not like those dating kind of shows. Yeah, um, yeah. Here's what I'd like to do. <laughs> We're going to move forward from Love is Let's Blind. Let's go to football, um, baby. Well, so <laughs> here's I want to kind of just lay out the, 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 the schedule of the day because it's going to be fun. We're going to learn a lot. Um, everybody got we into learn, we, We're not going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot of lies. There'll be some truth in there. I mean, I think that's kind of our job is to analyze and decipher what's real and what's not. It's going to be a lot of um, lies too, Jay. You know that. Going to be a lot of lies, certainly. Yeah. It is lying season. But, dude, you've got all day um, GMs and coaches talking right now. So so people understand, I'm in the Indiana Convention Center. Um, imagine it's just a big old open space convention center. Um, B, the Radio Row section of this is mm-hmm. probably – a quarter of the size of the Super Bowl radio row. Oh, yeah. But the the room is about the same size. Oh, so it's like they, nobody's in there. 
Well, but the you know they have all the podium set up. Then all the there's an ESPN set, an NBC set, um, Sirius. There's all, all that kind of stuff. And, and then there's also this is where they do the bench press, or at least it has been in years past, where yeah. fans can fans can come in and watch these athletes watch these pro football prospects. Remember, uh, I ran into you about, what was that, about four or five years ago now when I ran into you. That's the same room. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, just that big ass room. Yeah. Um. So right now, while we're kind of talking on the radio, getting ready, um, Brian Gutenkinst, I don't know if I said that right, I'm going to be honest with you. He's the GM of the Packers, Joe yeah. Shane, GM of the Giants, Joe Hortiz, the new GM of the Chargers, and Elliot Wolf, the new GM of the Patriots, are all talking. And, like, throughout the day, all these guys are going to talk. Um, do you? I, I'm going to spot my first lie, B. Mitch. You want me to, you want me to tell you where it's going to come from? Where? At 11 a.m., Sean Payton is scheduled to speak at Podium 6. And all of a sudden, Sean Payton seems like he's trying to walk back how clearly they're going to cut Russell Wilson in a couple weeks. Have you noticed that at all? Have you yeah, paid any but, attention but, to him? See, but I know you said that yesterday, and I started thinking about that. And my, my thought is, did anyone above Sean Payton say, we ain't not, we're not letting him go? I mean, well – Especially the dollars involved. That's man. what I'm saying. So it could be Sean Payton was a little too full of himself too soon. But ultimately, if he's trying to walk it back now, it's because we can't try to maneuver a deal if we tell everybody we're going to let him go because everybody just wait till we cut him. So now we act like we're going to keep him. So if someone is interested, we could possibly get something for him. I, that that to me is is, is kind of what's happening there. I'm yeah. not sure. I, you know, nobody knows un, until you see it go down. But um, throughout the day, if you are a Ravens fan like Jeff, uh, Eric DaCosta will talk at 10:30. Then John Harbaugh at 11:15. Um, Dan Campbell, the knee biter himself, will talk at 11. I'll probably try to walk over there and see that. But um, Adam Peters, Commanders general manager, will talk at the podium at 11:30. Following his podium session, normally uh, the the local media, like the actual beat reporters, the people that are here that cover Washington, get to talk to Peters. We're probably going to have, frankly, a a better conversation at that point. Um, And then my plan is, as soon as possible, thanks to the heroic efforts of Chris Kerwin, um, we will get that audio and play it live on the show, Um, which I I think should be be pretty – Pretty interesting, anyway. Um, Brian, there's also a, a reasonable chance that I am going to get physically removed from the table I'm at. Um, so keep that in mind a- as we progress. Repeat that last part. Um, there's, a, would say, at least a 25% chance that I get physically removed from the table I'm at. Why? So I'm going to be honest with you. I you- got here this morning. And I had this, we were taping an interview with Daniel Jeremiah, which you'll also hear later. Uh, DJ had a special message for you, B. Mitch, that we'll have to make sure you're, you're excited and paying attention to. Okay. Um, specific to the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt. Um, but, uh, obviously, we're here. There is a table for, I think it's registered in 980, but I think there's an Odyssey table for us somewhere. 
but I couldn't find it. And Kerwin just set up at this NBC Universal table, and I said, okay, well, I kind of work there too, so I'm currently set up at the NBC Universal table. I have a feeling <laughs> at some point somebody else is going to want to set up at this table, but we're just going to kind of play it by ear. See well, how, how about you uh, in the breaks go find that damn uh, what's called table? I Dude, told you, you got to learn to follow rules, though. B, I looked for it, and I couldn't find it. Uh, you don't know anybody could tell you the number? Or you I know? could, but we also had to be live on air. So, But you still got to find it because when they move you, you're going to have to uh, be ready to jump and be click, click, yeah. click. It's going to be interesting. Um, we're, we're staying on our toes all day. And I will have you know, Brian, that do, you, do I sound wonderful this morning? Not necessarily the news. I think I sound good. JP, you Lamp sound Bill. like you normally sound, which is not good. You normally sound like, I almost said the word, crap. Dude, Even in saying, your best voice, you you have a ah, ah, to your your voice that doesn't sound very. Uh, if you're good. saying I sound normal, that's a win because I haven't sounded normal in a while. So I just I want the world to know. I want you to know. I want the world to know that I got to Indianapolis last night. I didn't go out and I was asleep by ten thirty and I woke up early and hit the gym. Well, that's, that's probably what you should have done. I mean, you were oh, you were under the weather. You were sounding like crap. You shouldn't go do nothing. Yeah. Or, you know, you could always go the other way with it. Now, I'm not sure I can guarantee. One day you're going to grow up and realize you got to just take care of yourself sometimes. I'm not sure I can guarantee that, that that will be my plan all week. But for the first day, it was my plan. I actually um, I saw my boy Phil last night, and he, he sent me the, like, emoji, like, where'd you go? And I was like, dude, I'm home. I'm in bed. Um, and got a decent night's sleep, staying at a residence inn. All's well. How – it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun week out here, man. Oh yeah, I was thinking about this. When is the last time you think a general manager for the Washington franchise took questions at a podium from a from like a national media group? A national media group, like because I know I don't. I guess Martin did this. Martin has done this. Yeah, Martin's within, done it. But, but Ron was the boss there. Yeah. And then Bruce never did this. It was always very bizarre. We'd have to go to, like, a well, different he never Well, he never did, like, a, a strum with y'all, but he also – he always talked to the national media. He just didn't do it in a public way. Sure. Yeah. No, but even the scrum he would do with us would never be here. They would, like, rent out a conference room at a different hotel, which I never – quite understood why but that was that was that was a different era i would say i think um you know of all the of all the things man you could be excited about this number two pick about all the cap space whatever it is you're excited about for the commanders for me i am circling back to adam peters having a real gm having a guy that they are understandably excited about yeah I am too, and I think the ultimate thing is that's that's what excites me the most. To where you've hired a guy who basically is an architect. Okay, if you get ready to go build a building, build a bridge like the one I did in Louisiana, you you hire an architect first, right? So they can yeah. construct and let you know where the weakness and the strengths and all that, and then you you have to build it according to those aspects. Adam Peters is the person who we we believe, and many people around the NFL believe, is one of the best young up-and-coming people at that job. 
So instead of having people that we know are BSers, we have a guy now who has a job that he has been, he's proven so far that he's good at. And you hire him and you say, hey, go get this thing done. So his job now is to make sure that we understand all of the, 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 the strengths of this team, the weaknesses, and what they have to do. And he's going to have, have to go do that. So once that stuff starts going in place, then I think at this point it's just about excitement. But once he starts making his decisions, then all of a sudden you have the right at that point to judge or make judgment based off of what you see, based off of who they got and how they react on the field. So at least that's the mindset you're supposed to have when the team is being built. But before, we were already questioning before they made a move because we knew it was going to be somebody that came from Carolina or somebody that, that, that had a relationship with Bruce. So now I think it's going to be who who's the best person out there I can get to help the team out. Well, think about, I mean, the places where everybody has come from, right? I mean, think about. Um, so Peters came from San Fran. Mm-hmm. Prior to Peters, they already hired a dude with ties to the Ravens and the Dolphins to take over analytics. Um, Peters' only real big hire, I would say, in the front office at this point has been a dude from the Lions. They hired Dan Quinn, who was with the Cowboys. His coordinators, um, I mean, you've got two former head coaches on the offensive staff that have come from different locations. I mean, Kingsbury was obviously with the Cardinals most recently at South Southern Cal. Um, Lynn was with the Niners. Defensively, a couple of those guys came from Dallas, but a couple of those guys are like longtime veteran coaches that have been all over the league. So to your point, this was not recreating the Panthers um, like, like Ron did. Or, I mean, going further back with Bruce, like all roads led back to Tampa. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And – that is a really refreshing change, to, to your point. Totally. And I think as – you don't want to, like, keep hammering this, but when Peters talks today and when you hear kind of the, the more um, private conversation he will have with a, a few different reporters here, it's going to be – it's going to be different and – at least, I mean, do you remember the, like, in Ron We Trust t-shirts and prior to that, in Scott We Trust, like, yep. all these hashtags that have been things? Like, mm-hmm. this dude deserves, That's why you hate hashtags? I, hashtags are just lame, man. I, I mean, think, I still see I see some high-profile people still using them, Jay. Not really on Twitter. On Instagram, I think it's different. But Hey, but they got TikTok, millions of followers. Like very popular. They have millions of followers. I guess they doing something right, though. On on Twitter, you're saying I don't think no, so. No, I'm talking. About, I don't listen. Twitter is the end all be all. If you got a million followers on Instagram, you're a badass. I agree, and I think hashtags make more sense on Instagram. I think Instagram and TikTok they make sense. I think on Twitter they are lame. I'm gonna find a high profile for them and let you know who it is. But B, I'm agreeing with you. You're arguing with me. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm talking about on Twitter. Well, I think they're lame then, and I, <laughs> I will. You can let them know I said so. Um, I do think we have our first lie of the day. What you got? Um, well, I, I might have two. So, Joe Shane, Giants general manager, is talking this morning, and in the pro, in the I mean, maybe he's been talking fifteen minutes or so. Huh? He has said that a second franchise tag is in play for Saquon Barkley, which, frankly, I don't believe. Um, that would put Barkley. It's got to go up 20%, right? 
and the the cap went up way higher than people thought. So a franchise tag is going to be higher than people thought, and he gets the twenty percent raise, being the second straight tag. That is twenty percent raise over what the average of the top five running backs are. Ah, uh, we, we we might have to look it up in the break here. Yeah. Or I mean, I could lean on my man Jeff to look this up, but I'm not sure how that's. He's too go. busy watching Love Is Blind. I, I'm sure he's he's busy, but. I think a second straight franchise tag gets you an automatic raise regardless. Um, but, I mean, even if it was the top five of the top five running backs and it's a 20% raise on that, you got I, – I don't know how it would work if the Saints cut Kamara because he's number two. But McCaffrey's making 16. John Taylor's making 14. I just – eventually I don't think they're going to allocate five or 6% of their cap – to the running back position, to a singular running back. But the bigger lie, I think, from Joe Shane and the New York Giants, he says, I have faith in Daniel Jones as our starting quarterback. Do you well, believe when him? You, when you uh, gave him a deal like you just did, you better tell him well, the owner's going to fry your ass. Yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, even – he, even... he, he, is, he is now trying to salvage a little bit of his reputation. Because it doesn't look good what he did. Honestly, I don't think that – I mean, this is crazy to say, but at the quarterback position, I don't. I think that deal is kind of what you should do. Like, I, I prefer the deal they gave to Daniel Jones, which you can get out of two years in, mm-hmm. to giving Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo four-year deals. You know what I mean? There's no way Daniel Jones on that current contract is the Giants quarterback in 25. Yeah, I understand that. But I'm just saying, even as much as we don't like Carr, Carr and Garoppolo are better than Daniel Jones. Think? Yes. At least he can run. He can run. But in this, we already proven in this league, if all you do is run very well, you're not going to last very long. Sure. So, um, can, he, can he sit in the pocket and pick people apart? L to the now. Even when they in prevent. <laughs> so. I mean, with DJ at the helm last year, he completed 67% of his passes, but he had two touchdowns against six picks. Hmm. Dude, we talked about QBR and how the goal for Howell was just to get it above 50% last year. Hmm. You know what Danny Dimes' QBR was last year? What was it? 36.3. Hmm. You're giving your team a 36% chance to That's win the game. That's not very good right there. At the there. most important position. That is, uh, that ain't going to help. Not at all. Um, all right, there is a lot for us to get to. We're going to hear from Adam Peters today. Plus, we have uh, our, our boys, Barcelona Nate's going to join the program. Nikki Jabala, I believe, is going to sit down with me at 1 o'clock later this afternoon. Uh, packed show coming live from the Combine, breaking it all down, bringing it to you. You're listening to be Mitchell Finley. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with winning with, with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. So we're going to keep it a little close here tonight. You have the Golden State Warriors coming in to play against our Washington Wizards. They're favored by 11 and a half. You have to b- believe that Golden State, if they play their game, they'll win by more than that. But, but Golden State has been up and down this year. So maybe that 11 and a half may be just enough 
for the Washington Wizards to cover, and you can win you some money. Bet on all your favorite NBA teams and players with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old or president of Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, B. I what think up? we got one guy telling the truth. Who's that? Terry Fontenot. He sounds like he's from Louisiana. Uh, I don't know where he's from. I know he's the Atlanta Falcons general manager. I just know a lot of Fontenot's from down where I went to school at. It, it does sound yeah. Cajun. Um, I'm, I'm going to his Wikipedia. Oh, my god! Lake Charles, Louisiana. Lake Charles. Hey, I don't know many Fontenot's that did not originate from somewhere in that area. Not a lot of Fontenot's like in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, maybe <laughs> France. but uh, Probably so, yeah. He, he, I don't think you like where he played his college ball, though. Where? Tulane. I don't care about that. I thought you don't like Tulane. I don't, but we whip him, so I didn't worry about that. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, Terry Fontenot, Atlanta Falcons, is doing his podium session, and he told the truth. What did he say? He said, yeah, man, we got to find a quarterback. Uh, it's the hardest position to figure out. He talked about the immense pressure that quarterbacks face. That's street truths. Yo, and he said, we're going to look everywhere. We're going to look at the draft. We're going to look at free agency. We're going to look at trades. And I was like, all right, this dude's telling the truth. And you know what? The quarterbacks are going to face extreme pressure, but it should not be from your team. Well, you know, your team should put the little that little push to make you want to be that guy where, see, that position, everybody wants to play it because of the way that they – get all the, lo- the love and the, 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 the fanfare. But a lot of stuff comes with that position. And yeah. you have to be damn near a loner to be successful at it. Totally. Or you have to be somebody that's going to dive headfirst into your, to your business and make sure you get it done. Because people talk about how Tom comes first, leave last. Pat has a lot of fun on the field. But the reputation is he's in there first, he's, he's leaving last. If you're not trying to give that to it and you just want to walk around – with your NFL medallion and say, yeah, I play in the league, then you're not going to have much success. You basically have to be a guy that no one sees other than when you're playing football. And every once in a while you might say, okay, cool, i go get me a little run. But if they see you every day, then you damn sure won't be successful at quarterback in this NFL. It's, it's fascinating when you look at Atlanta specifically, B, and they have the eighth pick overall. Um being here, having brief conversations last night, uh, talking with some folks this morning, I think this goes one, two, three QBs. I, I think it's Caleb at one, and it feels a little coin flippy to me at two between Daniels and May, and then I think at three it's the other one, right? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. if I could wager, what is that, like an exact box? Like if I could throw those three into a box and, and bet on the, that being the, you know, some order, I would do it. Um and I just don't know what will happen this week if a dude like McCarthy wows people this week or Bo Nix or, or whoever that could be. You know, right? that that I'm not going to lie. That's the one aspect of the combine that kind of annoys me. 
a guy plays four years, three years, five years, whatever the case may be. Then he goes to a combine and may run a 40 or may lift some weights, and people lose their mind over it. Well, be specific. <laughs> that, I, that annoys me. Well, let me ask you something then. I mean, if you want to look at the tape and what they've accomplished, Bo Nix was outrageous, dude. Mm-hmm. He threw 45 touchdowns against three picks. Should, but see, but should he be being looked at regardless of how this week no, goes No, no. See, him? this is the thing, though. You say Bo Nix threw 45 touchdowns and three t- but they looked at him play. They looked at the, the competition he had, and they looked at different aspects of his game, and they uh, realized that he is not the top, top guy. And they put him in a positioning. So what else can Bo Nix do than what he's already done? They already think that he his, – his, either they think that Oregon was just better than people that they faced or not. Well, what about Penix then? Okay. My, Penix, Penix was fantastic. Penix was fantastic. Until Penix, that title game. Until the title game. But ultimately, he has injuries. So that's maybe why he's not up there with the rest of the guys. If, if he doesn't have those knee injuries, where do you think he'll be? So, uh, what I'm, what I, so what I'm trying to come at is I'm looking at Michael Penix. And if Michael Penix is not having knee injuries, he's probably going to be one of the top three, four quarterbacks picked. But the mere fact that a lot of these guys go through all of this stuff and then you go to the combine, and I'm not trying to say, you know, see, I, I, I am far different than most people in media. I look at stats, but stats don't tell the whole story. It's how you play when you play the better talent. You know, uh, my, uh, as good as Bo Nix was, did they beat Washington? I don't think so. When they play better competition, things change. When you play lesser competition, he looks exceptional. His team is a damn track team playing against most people. But just the stats don't tell me anything. It's the competition, how you handle it, and what you do on a consistent basis. But I don't think that, Jay, what I'm trying to say is it's not just the stats. See, most people like to just look at stats and say, well, this guy, no. It's the stats, the competition, and how you consistently do things. And then if I see all – if they saw 45 touchdowns and three interceptions and they don't consider him one of the top quarterbacks, it tells you they see something that they are not pleased with. I do think, though, and I largely hear you, like there, there's question marks about these guys for whatever reason. I do think, though, with McCarthy, because that Michigan offense is so unique, I mean, think about the Penn State game where they just manhandled Penn State. They didn't throw a pass in the second half of that game uh-huh. because they were just dominating the line of scrimmage. And Harbaugh is a dude that, you know, as much as everybody wants to say that, like, you got to be a pass-first offense and in college you see so much spread and all this stuff, Harbaugh doesn't care. Harbaugh is a pro-style offense guy. Well, he's about winning games, however yeah. that comes. And, and I do think I do think a guy like J.J. McCarthy – can do a lot this week to help his um, draft stock because I, I think people want to see him maybe air it out a little bit and show off the arm and see how fast he is. But, you know, one thing but I've heard I heard still, this last night, apparently he looks pretty damn skinny. Like he's kind of like giraffe. Yeah, he, he, look, he looked a little skinny when I watched him on TV, but this is the question I would ask. When is he going to be put in a position in the combine where he can show you that he can throw the ball against coverage? 
See, I'd argue that he has shown the big play stuff. Like, I mean, his performance against Bama in the semifinal game, I thought showed a lot. But the numbers, the statistics aren't going to be that impressive. But see, that's what I'm saying. It's this. I look at his offense. I don't expect him to have 4,000 yards. I don't expect him to have 35 touchdowns, 40 touchdowns. Right. And looking at his offense, what he did is what he's supposed to do. But the question would be, still, I went to the combine as a quarterback. I was able to drop back, hitch, and let that thing go, and it was 70 yards in the air. Guess what I didn't have? Any damn body trying to stop me. I didn't have no pressure. I didn't have anybody covering my cornerback. So it's easy to go air it out. But still, I go back and I will look at J.J. McCarthy and say, did he throw balls in tight spots? Was he successful doing it against blitz, uh, uh, cover, blitzing and things of that nature? Then you have an idea of who he is. But I still don't believe I can go four years, three years, four, five, six, whatever it is some of these guys playing. I know. It's and crazy go to the combine there. and run a 40 or throw one pass that go, oh, man, now I got to move him up to the first round or drop him out of the first round. It doesn't make much sense to me. Dude, McCarthy in three years at Michigan only threw 11 interceptions. Okay. See, that starting right at, Starting as a true freshman. I, that would I tell guess he didn't me, play a ton his freshman year. But that but. would tell me that, you know what, he takes care of the football. Yeah. You know, now – when you say you hear that he takes care of football, or do you say, okay, does he not throw the ball in tight situations? I, I don't. I think when you think about Giants, Falcons at six and eight, I think quarterback is absolutely in play for both of those teams, and and I just wonder. I I just I find it hard to believe that one of these dudes emerges to that level. Where, where all of a sudden that's in play. You know what I mean? Like, I I think, I don't know, Ben Stanek, mock draft expert, is here. Benny, three and a half Q, QBs over under in the top 15. Oh, man. Stanek says four in the top 15, B, so it's either McCarthy, Knicks, whoever the hell, Spencer you know, Rattler, and, and, somebody and, emerges. But the thing of it, though, Jay, the reality of the NFL draft is this. People get desperate for that position. Hell yeah, they do. And a lot of people have been drafted in the top 15 that did not deserve to be draft, drafted as a quarterback. Why? Because we got to get one. And when you say, I got to get one, and you just grab one, and it may not be the one, that's why a lot of people are still looking after 25 years. B, I got to I gotta break from the NFL for a second. I think you're going to love this. What you got? The first ever NIL private jet deal has landed in college football. Who? Jackson Dart, the Ole Miss quarterback, has got a deal with Nicholas Air private air travel. Oh my lord, I love it. I mean, hey, dude, I'm I'm just looking at this guy. But the question he is, is, is long so, blonde hair. But this is a question he asked though. So who he's getting that? So his family gonna fly to the games? I like. Because I not know his coach, fly his coach not gonna team? be letting him just fly around all the damn time. Man, Lane might. You never know what Lane given, man. Nah, nah, Lane might be. If, if I he, can see Lane and Jackson Dart going down to Cabo for the weekend. Hey, nah, I don't think so. If you, you are, see the coach gonna want to hold him in, so 
he he's going to be flying his family to the games. I would guess that's what I guess that's what they're trying to offer him, where your family can go watch you at every game. We'll see, dude. Because you 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 really think that the school and our head coach is going to be okay with him flying during the middle of the week? Um, but I like the I like the way he thinks. He he walks into the union. They got a little party going on. Dudes are yeah. Got my Mercedes outside. Hey, yeah, I got my G5 over there at the airport. What's up? Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, the NIL world is just going to be nuts, and it's not going anywhere. Um, you got to have that come up, Jay. Like, you know, we should go to a little club down sometime, gangplank, and the guys right. like, watch their car. We pull up. I pull up to the club in my boat. That changed the game right there, brother. God bless Mr. Boudreaux. Barstool Nate joins us at 11. Don't go anywhere. Hey, B. What up, brother? If I told you a dude was from Oakland and went to the U, would you think he's like a scrawny white dude? Nope. (laughs) Neither. Uh, Elliot Wolf is, I guess they don't want to call him the GM. So here's what the New England Patriots have decided to call Elliot Wolf their director of scouting, which is a big deal because forever – it's funny, I was talking to a buddy of mine that covers the Pats this morning walking over here, and he was just saying how remarkably different everything feels because they're, like, able to speak to people. And it's just – it's not um, Bill running the operation at all times. Oh, yeah, Bill had um, people afraid to speak. Yeah. You walk up to somebody and say, hey, uh, oh, no, no, I can't talk. I can't talk. Yo, kind of like – remember that clip of the Bama kid that saw – um, that started to answer a question and yeah. then just stopped. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. Um, but so more more famously, Elliot Wolf is the son of Ron Wolf, who was GM of the Packers for, for a really long time. Um, Elliot Wolf is basically the new GM of the Pats. Mm-hmm. And he just did his media session a little earlier. And people are going to get up in arms about this, but you don't need to. All right? Mm-hmm. Wolf said New England Patriots are going to meet with Drake May, Caleb Williams, and Jaden Daniels this week. And you know what? They should. Everybody's going to meet with everybody. Because you don't know what can happen, what can go down. Listen, the draft is in April, people. And guys are still working out to get to where they want to be. Anything can happen. You know, it could be something that may go wrong to where all of a sudden the Bears go, oh, no, we, we got to make an adjustment here. We don't know. So you got to talk to everybody. Because, hey, what if something goes a different way and somebody else goes first other than who we think? The guys better have some familiarity with the next person, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. I, dude, there's a, there's a level of due diligence that is just going to happen. And I think – I honestly think, like, as fans get a little more informed throughout that ideally they won't get caught up in the non, like kind of the the nonsense of reporting that I'm going to give you a hint. I bet Washington's going to meet with Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels this yeah, week, sure. too. You know, and, and listen, even if, even if you're only doing it to just make somebody else think something, you know what I mean? It, this is, listen, man, this, this whole thing, as serious – and as lucrative and high-priced it is, it's still a game that's played with it. Not the game of football, but the game that's played 
with the negotiations and to make you think and all that type of stuff. They're playing chess here, people. It's not checkers. Right. And I think, I mean, these meetings are all kind of quick. They're kind of car washes. There's guys coming in and out. I think it'll be important. I imagine Washington will at least, I think it's already starting to become clear. B, tell me what you hear from this. Um, Bears GM Ryan Poles spoke this morning and said, no matter what, we want to do right by Justin Fields. Uh-huh. And, that, and then he said that um, it would have to help our organization significantly to trade out of the first pick. I, I, think, I think the Bears are taking Caleb. I think the Bears They're are They're taking Caleb Fields. and let somebody offer them an absolutely asinine haul. Yeah, but I don't even think – I think they want to take Caleb. I, like, at some point – like, I have my my father's old watch, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody could offer me something outrageous, but I'm still not even sure I'd sell it because it just has more value to me than it does someone else. I understand I, that. I think the Bears are just keeping the pick and taking Caleb. Yeah, but I, I think three first-rounders uh, will make me take somebody else. <laughs> I just – I don't think – I feel like – we'll see, but unless that materializes, I feel like we are treading – trending towards a spot where the Chicago Caleb thing kind of becomes more and more obvious, mm-hmm. which then like if, if Washington knows that and New England knows that maybe you don't use a top 40 visit on Caleb because you know, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you really start to dive into Daniels versus may. And then you really start to figure out, you know, because you're, you're 36 pick and your 40th pick and 72, like all those, I mean, I think they've got to really try to get a starting tackle between 36 and 40, right? And maybe that's where you start to use your visits is at some point, like go back to 2012 is probably the best comp, especially with Washington. Like it became, the whole world knew the Colts weren't getting off of Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't going to happen. They were taking him. And so then when – Washington traded up to two. It was crystal clear that was for Robert, and and things just kind of started to materialize from there. I don't think that's going to happen at number two, where it's super obvious who they're going to take. Mm-hmm. But I think it. I I think that's going to happen at one. Yeah, I'm with that. Or but I'm saying or no, some or some crazy know, offer comes. You never know how desperate some people can be. Who do you think? Who who could you see getting that desperate? Mm, I'd have to sit in and go through everybody that wants a quarterback, and I think sometimes it gets to a point. I, I just listen. Who I don't want to get desperate is the people sitting at number two. Yeah, I, Dude, I don't want them to give up all of that to move one spot. I don't think they will. I really don't. And, no, and I'm not saying they will or not. Wrong. I just I'm telling you, I don't want because you know you, we can sit up here and, and just. Say no to everything, but hey, we don't know. We 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 really don't know if they are not interested in Caleb at, at that high high of a level. You know, yeah. you would think that no, you don't give up a lot to move one spot. But hell, we've seen stranger things happen in drafts. I wonder how the Trey Lance trade sits with Peters. Um, yeah, that's the only really big move that didn't go well in San Fran and you got to imagine that's kind of on his mind and and having so many comp picks and so much draft capital allowed them to be aggressive 
I mean, really for for Trent, for mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, event. I mean, this past year for Chase Young. I mean that the hundredth pick, the third, the conditional third they sent for Chase. I don't know that it really paid out for them, but it also will cost them nothing because they'll probably just get another compensatory third. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I I wonder when you look around at who could get desperate. I wonder Saints, Raiders, like the Broncos, but the Broncos don't have anything left because of the Russ Wilson trade. I I wonder Atlanta be. I I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Caleb goes to Chicago. What else I think is going to happen is Barstool Nate joining the program now. Didn't you love... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Me. B. Mitchell Finley, 1067 The Fan. I'm out in Indy. B's holding it down in the Navy Yard Studios. And right now you hear that song. Time to welcome in our dear friend, Mr. Eric Nathan, Barstool Nate from New York City. What up, Nate, dog? How are you, man? Fellas, how are you? I'm doing great. It's a warm day in New York City. Been waiting for this since, I guess, October. You know, springtime is coming. Draft is around the corner. JP, you are eating steak in Indy. It's a good time. It's a good time to be alive. Mm-hmm. I had fried chicken last night. I will have you know. Um, chicken fried well, steak? You, they don't call you the healthy king for nothing. No, I had. I specifically went to the, there's this really good fried chicken place here um, called The Eagle that I've eaten at a few times, and they serve it with spicy honey. And I oh. didn't want to get steak because I figured I'd probably have a few steaks the rest of the week. I was trying to spread it around a little bit, Nate Dog. Yeah, no, you're healthy. I, I appreciate that about you. You always put your health and fitness first. I think if, if we're doing healthy power ranks, it would probably – I think I'd be second out of the four of us. I think B. Mitch is probably the healthiest. Uh, I, well, yeah, B. Mitch is number one, but I'm definitely number two. I, I This year is my healthiest two months I've ever had in my life. Maybe since <laughs> wait, I was wait, like wait. Your healthiest two months? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since January, I've become a healthy king. And I eat healthy, and I go to the gym now. Ah, uh, so your Good ankle. You, is, so your ankle is working now. Well, it was my entire foot that exploded, but oh, uh, it, it's okay. It's like eighty percent. We're getting there. We're oh, we're almost Lord. at a hundred percent. It's been a long time coming. This isn't even doing a stick. Like I broke it in May. It's almost healed. It's pretty crazy how long it takes. But we're about eighty percent. Um. Well, I'm glad you're eating so healthy, Nate. Dog. Uh, I am yeah. out here. I'm out here in Indy, right? And I'm curious. Yep. Um, we're going to go to the Nate Dog BS meter. Um, yeah. You think Chicago's taking Caleb Williams, or will trade the pick, or will trade Fields? How do you? 
Where, where's the Nate Dog BS meter on everything we're going to hear about the Bears at one versus what actually happens? All right, so I, I have two things on that. One, I think the Bears take Caleb, number one. I think it's one of those things where it, it's not quite Josh Rosen uh, and then Kyler in Arizona, but it's shades of that where if there's a quarterback on the board that everybody says is a can't-miss prospect, you can't be the team to pass over the can't-miss prospect because you might have a guy already. You And plus, as we talked about many times before, Chicago – has to pick up the option or give him the big QB extension. And why do that with Justin Fields when you can get Caleb on a rookie contract? So I, I would say unless something crazy happens, like absolutely crazy, I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on right now. But I would say Chicago absolutely takes Caleb Williams number one overall. I, I tend to agree with you. Now you got to allow for crazy, right? Crazy exists in the world. But I don't think it's coming. Um, that leaves your Washington Commanders on the clock at number two. How are you feeling about that? Okay, so I, I'm so glad you set me up for my answer to this. We collectively, as a, as a fan base, as a society, as a human species, have to ignore everything we see from these like weird football anonymous Twitter accounts that make up sources and say this and that, and we have to then – all agree to ignore the Merrill Hodges and these pundits, the Mel Kuypers, the whoevers who think they know. These people who maybe hit at a 12% rate on predicting stuff, who just think they know who will be good and who will be a bust in the NFL. Nobody knows anything. There's a reason the Bears took Trubisky number two and Mahomes went 10. There's a reason, let's go way back, that it was a toss-up. Who should we take, Mannion or Ryan Leaf? Nobody knows accurately who's going to be a good NFL quarterback or a bad NFL quarterback. But here's the thing. About 90% of quarterbacks drafted end up not being great, right? There's few and far between quarterbacks who actually pan out. So it's much easier for a draft pundit to sit up there and say, well, I think Drake May is going to be bad because statistics show that they're probably not going to be the next Peyton Manning, right? Like, they're not going to be the next uh, whoever, Patrick Mahomes. It's very, very, very hard to be a great NFL quarterback. So if I'm an NFL draft pundit, I'm probably saying this guy's bad too. We just have to ignore it because nobody knows anything. We take Drake May number two, and we hope we hit on him. So the question I would ask is, if you say don't listen to the people that say someone is bad, why listen to the people that say he's good? I'm not saying to do that. I'm saying nobody really knows anything, yet anybody who says they do is a liar. All these people sit around saying, I watched the tape. I watched the All-22. I watched this game. I watched Hold on, Nate. I think people watch the tape. You're talking about uh, there's a lot of people that kind of just lie about stuff on Twitter, right, that they're experts. But that doesn't mean everyone is dismissible. Like, there are real people that are qualified and watch the tape, and they still miss, to your earlier point, it's an inexact science. Right. But like there are for me, there are people whose opinions I care about and then probably ninety percent of other people I don't. Yeah, so everybody's allowed to have an opinion. I'm not saying these people can't have an opinion. That's great. We I have an opinion, you have it we all have opinions. It's the people who take this as the Bible, who take this as the absolute final word on these prospects. It it's just we have to stop taking it at face value. We have to st- 
start taking it as this is just what this guy thinks, but this guy also hits at a 10% rate, so let's all calm down and take a deep breath. The amount of Drake May is bad takes now that are flowing through the Internet is so out of control. I've, like, it, it's almost like someone's paying these people to try to sink his draft status so the Pats can get him later in the draft. Like, it, it's absolutely insanity to me. Um, all right. So you, so it is remarkable, kind of to B's point, though, that you are now mad. At in other people. words, you're telling us to not listen to them but listen to you because you like Drake May. No, no, I'm saying don't listen to anybody. <laughs> it's just, so, nobody so, so you said we were supposed to draft Drake May, so I shouldn't listen to you. I think what you're saying is asinine then. I'm, I don't know any better than some guy <laughs> down at Walgreens. I, like, none of us know. I, Merrill Hodge and the guy at Walgreens have the exact same chance of hitting on is Drake May good or not. That's I don't think opinion. that's – I don't agree with you there. Now It's a coin flip. It's 100% a coin flip. Okay, but they're – to deny that there are there is real experience and like people that watch this differently is is a step too far. I agree with you. I mean, dude, the, the, the Atlanta Falcons general manager just said on a podium, two cameras that presumably the dude that cuts his check watches, saying, "Yeah, this is an inexact science. We hope we get it right." Like th- that's what makes it so intriguing and interesting is that nobody knows, but that does not mean everybody has the same odds of being correct. When it comes to NFL quarterbacks, I mean, Aaron Rodgers famously sat in that green room and watched every other player got, get taken ahead of him in the first round. And this is GMs who are paid top dollar with a team of scouts who spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year watching NFL quarterbacks, and they still miss time after time after time after time after time. So we have to stop acting like anybody truly, truly, truly has a beat on what QB will pan out and which one. But that's the question, that's though. How, how do you how do you move past that? Like you're going to believe in somebody. I mean, somebody, and I know you like Drake May. So somebody said something that made you like Drake May. You didn't watch the film. No, I didn't watch the film. So I therefore, just, somebody I, did something I don't that you like. I like Drake May. I like whoever we take. Whoever we take. <laughs> is my guy that I ride or die with. If it's not Drake May, Drake makes Drake May might stink in my opinion, like a week from now. But what I'm saying is I trust Adam Peters and I trust this team to do everything they can to make the most informed, educated decision they can make for our next quarterback, not in an anonymous account on Twitter who doesn't like his nah, I, I, I don't know who, who's doing that. So but the, the, I, I don't follow anonymous accounts on Twitter. That, all. Nate, I'm with you. Like, the amount of... Those people, are, uh, I just think that they're just trying to get clicks. Well, especially now, you can get paid off Twitter. Like, that is yeah. 100%. What is the... There's one, what is it, ML football? That is just like... The woke. Uh, <laughs> the woke is pretty damn funny. I don't know if I've ever heard woke. Um, that made me laugh. But, like, you, you go to this where it is completely anonymous and, you know, it's total aggregation, and they're not crediting anything. Like, yes, that this is – there is an element to this that I just call the BS. B calls it lying season. And, and that junk is going to emerge this week at a Tremendously. higher rate. Right. Yeah. But I think at some point, like, I, I remember in, in various presidential elections – um. In, in various presidential elections, 
it's become an issue about people that get their news from Facebook, right? And and how you know that may be tainted from different outside motiv- motivations. Mm-hmm. Don't get your damn news off Facebook. Is all yeah. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, just, and like they, that, that's happening on TV. Right. <laughs> so, let's be real. Well, but I'm saying like. If if you get caught up in some Twitter account that tells you, you know, Drake May punched out his college roommate and they could never draft him, like that's on you because that's stupid. Yeah. And, yeah. And- unfortunately, a lot of people get their information from these places. You know, it's a, it's a quick information world, and that's why I'm sitting here on the phone just preaching to our fan base. Like, let's use our brains. Let's take a beat. Let's relax for a second, and let's not trust everything we see. Let's let the process play itself out. Let's trust Adam Peters, who has a pretty good track record so far building teams out in San Francisco. Take a deep breath, and whoever we take at number two, that's our guy. But the people that are getting their news straight off of accounts like that, I don't think anybody is paying attention to them anyway. Right, right. I I would say a lot of people do, though, unfortunately. listen, man. Like like Adarn Schefter? That's on you if you get Adarn. If they are, then guess what? They're, they're, they're not I'm, – I'm just going to say they're not smart. Say it like that. Um, breaking news, Sean Payton says he did not hear Russell Wilson's podcast with Brandon Marshall. Um, I He's can't imagine. I can't imagine Sean Payton was, was downloading that episode. Um, <laughs> do you – beyond what – because I think the commanders are taking – I'm not going out on a limb here. I think they're taking either Drake May or Jaden Daniels at number two. Mm-hmm. As of right. today, on Mart on – February 27th, I kind of lean Daniels, but the process still needs to play out, right? Oh, can I, let me just say for the record, if it's Jaden Daniels, I'm all about that as well. I'm just using Drake May as the example because of the tweet that went, you know, around, uh, you know, Commander's World yesterday about Drake May. I like Jaden Daniels as well. Like, I think from what I watched of him at LSU playing against the SEC, you know, top-tier talent, he looked incredible. Like, I, I, I like him also. I think it might be, when it comes down to it at the draft, a tougher decision than we realize right now. Uh, I, I'm very happy with either guy. I'm excited to watch the process play out. I, I totally agree. But I can't – Process or process? Remember the, the – the, Who was saying the that? The GM from uh, basketball, wasn't it? The pro- No, you know who that was? Who was that? It was the fake Canadian dude trying to buy the skins. Yeah, yeah, Apostolopoulos. Yeah, yeah pr- Process. Yeah, that dude. I mean, you know what's remarkable? Yeah, he was lying. The amount of people that were just completely full of bleep that just wanted their name in the headlines and connected with buying a team. Yeah, yeah we had a lot of people falling for that crap. I, I mean, yeah. seriously, we're, we're worried about falling for dumb stuff on Twitter about quarterbacks. People were falling for that stuff. Yeah, that one guy made up having like $8 billion. He had zero dollars. <laughs> I mean, the interview he did with the Junkies when he talked about where his money came from was – it was the oddest thing in the world. I, I mean, it, it, like at that moment, it's like, all right, we should uh, we should move forward here. We don't really need to spend many more brain cells on this. Um, but Nate, I, I did want to ask you, man. We are walking towards a world where Kirk, Russ, maybe Baker. I kind of think Tampa's going to get the deal done with Baker before the league year opens in two weeks. But maybe Baker, Justin Fields is available. Like, remember when Kirk became available? from Washington many years back, and it was like, oh, my God, quarterbacks never hit the market. Now more and more it seems like they do. Yeah. It's a a significant change. 
I think a ton has to do with <laughs> with Kirk when he changed the game, saying I want 100% guaranteed, and he got it. And now you look around, and it's like, well, do I pay the quarterback the huge guaranteed money contract, or do I roll the dice and hope to hit on a rookie deal? Because as we've seen, I mean, besides Mahomes, obviously, but a guy like Burrow, who if you can get him on a rookie deal, you know, you have so much more cap space to build the team around him, and you hope to make one or two huge deep playoff runs with that rookie. It, it, it is a new game. And I, I would like to say this on February 27th. I think in our lifetime, maybe in the next five years, this is a hot take, though, they will change the cap in the NFL to kind of make QBs different. So you have like a QB cap maybe and then the rest of the team because it, there, so I think something has to be done where they don't just keep pushing these QBs out the pasture and rolling the dice on a new rookie deal. Something has to give, I think, at some point, or maybe that's just part of the game now. But I, I do find that very interesting. Yeah, you got it, a point there. But I think that's when it, when the when the franchise tag first came about. That was it was it was supposed to be very similar to what the NBA is, where mm-hmm. you can pay whatever to your top people and they go nowhere. But that quickly became more of a, a negative and a deterrent for guys right. getting paid, and that's why we're having all the issues with it at this point. And that's on yeah. the, that's on the owners. That's not on the players. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know what the solution is. Maybe maybe it will come down to like if there is just a QB sitting out there, you know, during the regular season who should be on a team, but teams would rather you know play fourth round rookie and then tanking comes into play where it's like uh, kind of what the Steelers are doing right now. The Steelers are coming into this next season as they stand right now without a quarterback, you know, they're Trubisky or Mason Randolph. I think that's their two options. And I, that's I wonder if Russ tank. Wilson doesn't, I don't know. I, I'll be fascinated to see Russ in uh, black and yellow. Um, black Nate, and yellow. Adam Peters is about to talk to the media. What do you want to hear from Peters? I just want to hear his game plan. Yeah, honestly, the less I hear from Adam Peters, the better. I, I We've spent the last 20 years hearing from guys in the Washington front office. I want him to say as little as possible and get out of there. I don't want to hear, uh, you know, he's going to say all the right things. We know this. We know that he's not going to, you know, tip his hand about what quarterback he likes more right now. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think there's one thing he could say that would change anything right now we're in a good spot as an organization as it stands we have the coaching staff in place we have the you know gm roles in place the player personnel roles in place let's just start evaluating talent put the draft plan together and get to the regular season healthy and with a solid you know just foundation for the next five to ten years as a team i don't think adam peters has to say much today um, lastly and quickly, Nate, uh, Caps lost one Saturday night, but won one last night. They're now four points back of the Flyers in the Metro. How are we feeling? Caps vibe check. Uh, feeling good. I, we, we've talked about this briefly. Uh, this, this team is overperforming based on talent level uh, and age of the team. Ovi finally has, you know, gotten that offseason rust off and he's playing up to expectation and, you know, scoring nonstop again. Uh, it's, I think they are a fun team to watch. It, you know, it, it, if you're not going to be great, you might as well be fun. And this is a fun, gritty, hardworking team. Uh, Connor McMichael is really coming into his own right now, which is fantastic. I think we've loved that guy for the last few years now. It's great to see him playing up to his potential. 
and we've got a steal on Dylan Strom. So glad that Chicago has no idea what they're doing, and we got Stromer. Uh, hopefully, Oshie can get back on the ice, you know, and be healthy. This is a fun team. I would love to see them make some noise in the playoffs, bang some teams around, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I like what we're doing right now. Let's have a strong march and, and, you know, really see what this team can do. Nate Dog, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you, Nate. See All you guys. Right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. I agree with Nate at the end, though. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I do, too. Um, you heard Nate there say he doesn't want to hear anything about this week. Um, we've talked at length about who's doing well, who's not, what can the Combine do for them. Washington is picking second overall this year. It is a huge opportunity. What can the commanders learn this week? What is important to figure out this week as you're going to have Jaden Daniels, Drake May, maybe Caleb Williams, but you're also going to have Wilson, Kirk Cousins, all of these things, Justin Fields floating around. Phone lines are open, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. What do you want the commanders to accomplish this week? Be Mitchell Philly. 1067 Fan. The B. Mitchell Finley Show is brought to you by Rude HVAC Equipment. Head over to Rude.com to find a contractor near you and available tax credits and rebates. That's R U U D. And remember, if it ain't Rude, it ain't right. JP Finley is out at the Combine in Indianapolis. They have a little, little, little break right now where he's going to go and try to talk with Adam Peters, and we'll probably hear that um, interview a little bit later on. But the question, what are you looking for at the Combine? And how much of the Combine watch out, I mean workouts will you watch? 1-800-636-1067. Uh, I know it's a thing where a lot of people think it's boring, but every year they push numbers. They do a lot. And it becomes so exciting because people are looking for what's going to be there, the future of their team, and they get a lot very interested so I want to know from you, how much are you going to watch? And we're going to start off in Severna Park with Carlos. Carlos, what's happening, brother? How you doing? Hey, man. How's it going? Hey, uh, much love to you guys. Thank you so much for hooking me up with, uh, with Mike Beasley. That was a great experience for me uh, at the MGM. So shout out to you guys. Thank you so much. Truly appreciate, appreciate it, brother. It. Uh, so uh, for combine, honestly, um, uh, I'm going. I'm only going to watch a little bit of the throwing, and I'm going to watch a lot of the sprinting. I feel like the commentating of the sprinting of the, of the four, uh, 40 meter uh, dash is, is is comical and it's fun. And it's, I also like to see the speed of all these players. But what I'm really looking uh, curious is to like the talk behind the scene, um, the the gossip of like you know this GM meeting with this GM at a certain coffee shop. You know, you know that things might be going down because that's where most of the, 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 the trade rumors, that's where most of the talks go down is at the local coffee shops there. Uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to, to the, the gossip, you know. All but, right. um, you know, I'm just excited to get this thing going. We're only like less than a month away for, for the new calendar year. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to, man. Thanks for taking my call. I mean, appreciate you. And I think that's the ultimate thing where um, just like if, if you go into to a court case and, you know, every lawyer out there, they charge you a certain amount of hours for a particular case. And you know what they normally do? They go have a drink, a beer, or uh, a, a, a Manhattan, you know, something like that, old-fashioned. And they talk for 15, 20 minutes, and they solve your case. And then they charge you for 10 hours of work. The same thing happens in, in, in here. We always talk about the combine and uh, what the league year is. These people are not going to sit next to each other over a beer and not discuss what the hell they're trying to do. 
That is why after we see all the different things that transpires, it happens so quickly because they've had a jump on it. Okay? When you go to school or the college, you have to take a pre a, a prerequisite before you can go jump onto the, the, the main class. They do the same thing. They have their preliminary talks, then they sign stuff. 800-636-1067. Try to find out from you all what you're going to be watching at the Combine. Listen, I know everybody likes the 40-yard dash. It's the greatest thing in the world, people say. But you know what? I care less about a 40-yard dash because I don't see many guys ever just running a 40-yard dash, particularly on the field. The one thing that gives me some aspect or some mindset of what you could do, that shuttle, those shuttle drills, I absolutely love those because what it proves changes direction, especially for cornerbacks, receivers, linebackers, and running backs, okay? If I'm looking at a quarterback, I don't need to see him change that much direction. All he's doing is dropping back and delivering the football. Offensive linemen don't need to see it with him either, but those skill position guys, as I look at it, it shows me a lot more. I think a guy running a forty-yard running a forty-yard dash is less uh, uh, predicted, uh, predictable than a guy changing directions in a football game. How often do you run a straight line? Okay, you have to be able to get in and out of breaks. You got to be able to move back and forth to mount adjust from a guy. So that proves more to me. The 40-yard dash has come to it because everybody go, oh, man, look how fast he is. What I would love to see, and I think a lot of people would be amazed by this, how about break it down to 10 and 20 yards? And then you will find out how fast some of these big boys are. Because a lot of the big dudes that get off the ball, I would love to take Aaron Donald's 10-yard dash against anybody in the league. And I guarantee you won't be disappointed in it. Because – that quick that that is what I need to know from a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. The quick five, ten yard burst. When the hell are they gonna be out there running the 40 yard dash? Not very often. But if he can get off the ball quickly, and all of a sudden that guy who's dropped, see that they should make the offensive lineman set up in their in their stance and have to back up five yards. That'll prove a lot more to me about what I'm looking at. Because that, that offensive lineman is rarely going forward, especially in this pass-happy league. So let's go to uh, – I'm going to Rev T. What's up, Rev T? How you doing? What up, Rev? Ah, I got it, man. Bam. What's up, brother man? We live? Yeah, we live. What's up? Oh, man, well, first of all, I'm doing a wellness check with y'all, Bamas, to let you know I'm alive, well, and kicking. You know I'm talking about, like, four wheels on – we're all on it. And I'm good, man. But, you know, you talk about this combine thing. You know, you can run fast all you can. You, you can jump high as all you can. But the whole thing is, if I'm looking at this combine, because I ain't going to really watch this. I'm just being honest with you. But if I got to go evaluate these Bamas, I'm looking for a player with common and sense. You understand what I'm saying, B-Mitch? You, you could be 6'2", but run 4'3", or 4'1", or, or but do you got common sense? Yeah, I you know. So I mean, I mean, that's what, if I had to go evaluate these bamas, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for your your intellect. 
I'm looking to see where your mind is when when I talk to you, when I speak to you. You you, you know, and that don't necessarily mean you got to speak the king's English. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. But I because people, some people that speak the king's English, they ain't got common sense. You mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I'm looking for. Uh, 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 who who uh, a player that's knowledgeable in the game of football? Anybody could be an athlete. But are you knowledgeable in, the, in in your position? Are you knowledgeable in the game in itself? That's who I'm looking for. That that's where the great ones come from. And anyway, I, I love all y'all, Bamas. I ain't doing all that Rev T stuff and everything, but I'm good, B Mitch. I love all y'all. Been working hard, school hard. Imagine your question. Imagine your question though. So when you don't do the Rev T stuff, I can call you by your real name. Oh man, you man, you can call me that anytime. You make sure you right, say it right, up. There you go. You said it just like my mama. Because look, because if you would have said Tavon, she would have called. Because you know she be listening. His name is not Tavon. It's Tavon and it's French. And you know what? Every time I Google my name up, ain't nothing damn French about my name. Mama says you live it. Mama, you a Bama too. Anyway, I love y'all. Bye, Bama. Boy, you are a damn fool. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, but the whole thing about it is, listen. I would like for them to start. How if since you're going to be interviewing guys, and we've heard a lot of stupid stories about what comes out of the interviews, how about make that public? How about do that publicly? Which you know what it does? It stops you from asking the stupid lame ass questions, and it shows us who somebody is. Don't tell me how like they try to come back and say, "Oh, this guy is this, that, and the other." That's the rumors. That's the lies. We will know what they are. Show that to us because I think I'll be more interested in listening to those answers and questions than I would be listen, look, looking at a damn 40-yard dash. I really – I particularly hate the when you hear, like, some negative story about a player because I think a lot of times it's just a team trying to, you know, to, to get them to fall to them in the draft. Fall to them yeah. or also, you know, some guys sit out there and they start up because they just don't like the guy. Yeah. You know? The guy didn't want to he didn't he didn't play along with their stupidity, so they want to make him look bad because they're trying to beat him to the punch. We're gonna take a break here. We're gonna continue on on the other side. Make sure if you're on the line, make sure you stay there. I think I got the short guy, Jones. He's hanging on. 800-636-1067. Be Mr. Finley coming to you live from Indianapolis for JP and me. From the- All right, be Mr. Finley, 1067 the fan. It's combine time. Who's gonna be on your team next? Who's going to be that guy that everybody's going to be losing their mind over because he dropped that 4-2? Or the guy that bench pressed 37, 38, 40 times? I was told by a strength coach in Washington when I first got here, Dan Riley. He said, everybody wants to bench press. He said, the bench press helps you do two things. Push yourself off the ground after somebody knocked you on your ass and push somebody off of you after they flatten you. The ultimate thing is, it's, it's a great thing, but just getting there and bench pressing over and over again, I understand everybody talks about it. It's a great point of con- uh, point of conversation. But it doesn't help you a lot in football. So who cares? It is basically the most entertaining event from the, when you're watching on TV, the though. The bench press? Because everybody gets so into it. Yeah, they do. And, and I, think, I think the most exciting aspect of it is the strength coach. The guy ah, yelling and getting them all fired up. Yeah, a few years ago, there was that guy from Washington who was, yeah. like, punching him in the abs. Yeah, because I know um, Coach Thompson, when he was around, Coach Thompson talked about they do that in the NBA. They make him do 185 pounds. And everybody kept talking about how Kevin Durant didn't do it. And Coach Thompson said, I'm going to ask you one question. 
how much does a basketball weigh? And if he could do that, that's all I care about. I don't care about him bench pressing 185. Basketball does not weigh 185 pounds. No, it doesn't. Can confirm. And, and let's be real. There are guys who has who's bench pressed less than five times, and they were still great. There are guys who ran a 4-6-40, like 4 5, something like that, and was considered the greatest receiver to ever play the game of football. That's Jerry Rice. So a lot of those things that they're making you go through are not what's going to depict what you can be. I just got a text from my buddy Greg who said he wants to, he's checking for the character of the people and things that of the nature. I will tell you this. It's not just your character. It's how much desire and drive you have inside of you that's going to make you do everything you need to do to be the absolute best you can be. Because there are a ton of guys that can run a 4-3, 4-4, and they're garbage because they don't have the discipline to be able to do the things day in and day out as what they need to do to be successful in football. We'll go right back to the phone lines, 800-636-1067, and I'm going to talk to my man Jonesy. Jonesy, what's happening with you, brother? Hey, Nick, what's happening, man? Hey, look, check this out, man. I'm looking for a little bit of what Rev P was talking about. I'm looking to see, hey, how well can this dude follow instructions? The other thing I want to know, you know, if I'm getting so much as a receiver, I mean, what's his leaping ability like? I want a big man because we need some big men. We got some shorties on the team, and we need to change that up a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, last but not least, do you love the game of football? That's one of the things I need to be understanding and knowing at the combine, the interviews, and things that nature too. I know. If you don't love the game and you're just playing for the bag, after you get full, it's just like you and Doc say, we're gonna see a difference. <laughs> all right, bro. Well, I think I think if you look at it right now, if they're to this level, they probably all love <laughs> the game of football. Cause it's hard to get all the way to this level here. You didn't like it. Cause you've been through some some rigorous training and all those type of things. So uh you get to it, but if a guy comes in and tells you in the combine, I don't love the game of football, and you draft him anyway. And then he goes out there and he plays like he doesn't love the game of football. They should fire that person on the spot that hired him. Point blank. Let's go to Cole from the foe. What's up, brother? What's up, B Miss? Like I just told Jay that I wasn't even gonna call in there. But you remind me of a story back in the day, man, in high school, man. We had this dude come in bench press, got there going five hundred and fifty pounds, man. I lie to you not, man. Uh-huh. And, and little old me only bench press about two hundred, probably about ten times, right? So we lined up, man. This is story, man. Man couldn't move me from A to B, B, man. I ain't lying to you, man. <laughs> Bitch, has all them weights and couldn't even drive me off the line of scrimmage, man. Like you say, all that weight lifting, that 40 hours time, man. It's okay. It's cool. But, and like, ain't no different from somebody bench pressing, uh, uh, what, what, 225, 20 times and 40 times. Ain't no difference. All right, bro. Appreciate you. See, that's the thing about it, though. Like, I think everyone out there, if you go to a gym on a regular basis, You've seen that guy who looks like all he does is upper body, right? And he never touched the lower body. You know, the guy that you got the big old chest and his legs look like some sticks. Bench press, you got to be a, a all-around player when I start looking at it. You know, I would say if they weren't so afraid of the power clean, it's an Olympic weight or weightlifting type deal. The power clean is the one 
weightlifting movement that will use your whole body and will tell you do you have explosion and everything else. Because you're going to have to do a, a shoulder shrug, explosion up to a shoulder shrug. You got to drop down into a squat. You got to be strong enough to catch it and flexible enough for your, you could roll your elbows up and let the let your wrist go completely back so the weight's going to sit at, the, at your fingertips across your chest. It, it's going to depict everything that you need to do. And in football, when you go to tackle, you you squat and explode. When you're running into somebody, you squat and you explode. You're lining up at a receiver's position. You stoop a little bit before you take off. Everything is depicted in the power clean. I would have people do that than a bench press. Because the bench press, you show me that you might be able to lay down on the bench and, bench and, and press it, but it doesn't mean you can do anything else with it. You know, how often do, do people like a receiver or a cornerback, how often do they use a bench press move when they're on the football field? Okay? So, yes, it's a lot of stuff, and we get excited about it because you know what? We love the game of football. So anything around the game of football, we're going to get excited. But look for more than just their 40 time and their bench press. Look at those, uh, those, those shuttle numbers to see how quick they can get in and out of breaks and things like that. You know, I would say even the broad jump, it seems like asinine, but it shows you explosion. And in football, explosion matters, okay? When you go to tackle somebody, to run into somebody, that how you can all of a sudden change your body direction and get that power going that helps you out. We're going to take a break here. We get back. Uh, we're going to jump into our 12 o'clock hour. Adam Peters, J.P. Finley had a chance to talk to him. Hopefully, we'll have that back in time. We'll talk to them. Get to the NFL top 101 players, and we have a lot more interviews. J.P. has been doing a lot of work while he's been there. He just got there yesterday, but he's putting in the work, and we're going to listen to all those interviews. Be Mr. Finley, 106.7 The Fan. We'll be back. Navy Yard. We'll be right back. 106.7 The Fan. Combine this week. Guys get a chance to go out there and show their stuff. It's a little bit more important to some than it is others. Uh, we already heard that Caleb probably won't show. I mean, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. won't show up. We're finding out that Drake May is not throwing, which will tell me probably we can expect Jaden Daniel. We can expect Caleb not to throw as well. Um, there are guys that are considered top, and I think the combine is not the same for everyone, just like anything in life. If someone is a, uh, a higher rank than you, they probably won't have to do all the diff- different things you have to do. B, you know what you told me the first Super Bowl we worked together in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, uh, I don't remember what we were doing, but it, it was people trying to get your autograph, and then maybe, I say, Joe Montana walked by or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you said, you're like, Jay, one thing you learn in the football business, there's always somebody bigger, there's always somebody below you. There you and go. I think <laughs> – I, I think that is so obvious with the um, the quarterbacks, dude, don't have to go because they can get away with it. Like, yeah. it's, just a, it's just a different scenario. And, and I think I personally don't care. And so we just got to talk to Adam Peters, and I'm gonna, we're going to get that audio turned around so that we can play it for everybody here. Um, but, dude, what he said, he, you know, he was asked, like, would you prefer to see the quarterbacks throwing? And he's like, yeah, you know, as, as many data points, as much touch points as you can get, you want. But at the same time, you, you know, I, I brought up that Eli Manning didn't work out 
let yesterday, I think, because people act like this is some new phenomenon. Yeah. Um, Dude, Christian McCaffrey is what Adam Peters just referenced when he he was the first guy to sit out a bowl game. You know, like, none of this is new. And if you consider McCaffrey, like the GM of the Commanders just did, to be kind of the the dude that started this, he's having a pretty damn good career. See, the whole thing about it is, Jay, people forget those type of things. And I heard different people talking about uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., about this, that, and the other. I want to be able to know your character. Let me tell you one thing. If you've been covering me for three, four years, and you've been scouting me for three or four years, and you haven't figured out my character at that moment, you damn sure won't figure it out in 10, 15 minutes or less of an interview. You know what I mean? So it just it gets to the point where we put the quarterbacks on a pedestal, but those other players work as hard as those quarterbacks. I understand. But they get to a point where, you know what? Dude, you got more than enough information. And as Adam just stated, we want to get as much data point as we can. But that's for you to do your job. So if if I got four years of stuff and you didn't take advantage of it, my extra five, ten minutes is for you, not for me. Am I right? 100%. Yeah. And and I think, you know, we we talking with some folks today, like people are – it's it's always remarkable to me with football. It's one thing in baseball or basketball or even hockey to a lesser degree where you have you have guys that have these guaranteed contracts no matter what and they're going to get paid no matter what. And in football that's not the case, but people still tend to be like pro ownership or management, whatever you want to say. It's just like an odd thing that I think exists in football. Yeah. Dude, if you're mad that Marvin Harrison didn't come or that Williams, May, and Daniels aren't going to throw, are you mad that whatever it is, at least seven coaches aren't coming here? No, they're not mad at that. Right? Like, because, see, the, the doesn't one it, have to do with the other? It's, 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 the, it's the public sentiment that, in a sense, people – and it sounds crazy. Like when people say, well, you know, I pay your salary, that type of thing. People think that they kind of have some control over the players, which you don't at all. Um, one important thing that uh, – listen, I can already tell Adam Peters is a dude that doesn't want to tell you much, um, especially with the lights on on the record Smart at man. the podium. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Smart man. But he did say with us that they have had talks with Cam Curl's representatives, and I think that's uh, – that's at least a step there that you know there's a conversation in place. Um, he talked – he said that, you know, the Niners over the last couple of years have matched up against Washington a number of times and that the Niners' offensive plans always took into account for Peters – or, I'm sorry, for Curl. And that, more than anything, tells you some value, like what you need to figure out. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, they have a lot of money to spend. It sure seems like he doesn't want to spend it, um, or at least he doesn't want to build this team through free agency. And I think you can – I tend to agree with that. I just think if you want to pop back this year right away, maybe you need to spend some cash. But if, you, if it's a true long-term build and you're willing to take the lumps that will probably come with that, it, it's the right way to do it. But I think you could spend some. I, 
you're gonna have to spend something. I mean, you can't go all uh, free agency, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go some free agency. And I think you want to get your if you got the picks at the right positions, you can build your team quickly from the draft. But if you don't have the right picks, you can't just say, "Oh, we're not gonna worry about a guy who's in his third, fourth, fifth year that is in his prime that can help us out." You got to go with that sometimes. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, B. I thought, you know, the curl thing I thought was interesting. I, I they're not going to franchise tag Cam Curl. Um, I'm, I think Cam Curl's a good player. I think he lands. If you look at safety pay, um, I, I've said for a while now. I think the number for Cam is probably around fourteen mil. Maybe with the increase in cap, you know. You, you bump that up to 15, 15, 5. Um, but see, that's the thing, though, Jay. It's not Cam Curl's fault that those, no. guys, those guys signed their deals when they did. Right now, the league has – they have a, a, a stepping stone of how much percentage goes where and this, that, and the other, and what people make. If that salary cap goes up and his number goes higher than what you think, you cannot pay him. Somebody else probably will. Yeah, my thing – I'm not saying – relative to the salary and the actual dollar amount. I'm just saying, if you, maybe you disagree with me. I don't – I mean, Curl is a good player. I don't think he's a top five – he's probably fringe top ten safety to me in the NFL. So I think it's more about figuring out the right price, paying it, not being cheap at all, but like – I, I like Derwin James, Mika Fitzpatrick. I, I think those guys just perform at a higher level, and you don't have to chase that dollar amount. Is I all think I'm they saying. do. I, I'm just saying, though, but when they used Cam the proper way, we saw him making play after play after play. Last year, I don't know what the hell they were doing with him because they weren't using him the same way they did in the previous two years. Well, and you wonder, it, I mean, going into the final year of a contract, if he didn't want to play up at the line of scrimmage as often and take the beating. I, I do think. I mean, all these coaches say the same thing all the time, right? That, um, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move guys around and build our scheme to these players, and and we've heard that from a lot of people, and a lot of times it's proven to be BS. I think if you actually look at what Dallas did, there's reason to believe that's what's going to happen because they did a yeah. really good job of that in Dallas. And I think if you are aggressively using what you've got, I think. You do that with Curl, and you you have an advantage. And I think, like, now, I mean, Dan Quinn was hired end of January, right? And we had mm-hmm. the presser before we went to Indy, before we went to Vegas. So if you consider that, one thing that became very clear, talking with Adam Peters, I don't think he is sleeping much, and I don't think – I just think they are—they feel like they're running out of time to get all this done. So they hired Peters, I believe, January twenty-fifth. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, they—they they hired Peters on January eighth, or no, the twelfth. They fired Ron on the eighth, hired Peters on the twelfth. I think Quinn became official the twenty-fifth or twenty-sixth. No, I, I think it was actually later than that. I'm going to look it up. Um, Brian, like when we talked to Anthony Lynn last week and we talked to Joe Joe Witt and we talked to David Rye and all these position coaches, they're like, yeah, we're all just 
you know, the coaching staff's trying to meet and figure out what our scheme is. Uh-huh. I, I, dude, the time is not on their side here. I, I, they finalized their staff within the last week, and now they're supposed to be here to evaluate, and ideally you evaluate specific to how they fit into your scheme, uh-huh. and you've, you've got a lot of people that you've done purposely with opinions and, and thought, you know what I mean? They've got their own thoughts, their own, their own input they want to have on the organization. That's a lot of moving parts with not a ton of time. They have to make decisions in free agency and guys they want to release and everything within less than two weeks. Yeah, I, but I don't – listen, I, I don't care about that. Seriously, because they – I'm just you, saying they're up against the time. They're up against it, and you know what? That's This is what they do. So they were looking at people that we're probably looking at already, so they got to jump on a lot of guys. And now they just know that, okay, that guy won't fit this scheme because we're doing something different. Or the people they were already looking at going to fit the scheme that they're bringing here. Right. So I'm saying Witt and Quinn are coming here with their system. Kingsbury and his crew are coming with his system. So the people they were already looking at, all you do is turn your attention to them now coming to Washington instead of going to, you know, another team or something that you were at. And, and ultimately, this is all these people do anyway is look at film and look at people, look at prospects. Right. So they're going to be able to handle that. I mean, it, they, they may want you to think they're tired so you won't ask them the tougher questions. They're ready for it. They'll be okay. Sure. And, and I think – Especially guys, I thought Witt maybe had the most honest presser, and he's like, yeah, man, it's, it's football. People run the same schemes. Like, some of it is just about being better than the other guy. And, and I think that is yep. is vital, and I think that's a lot of what they are going to say here. Um, I thought Peters had a pretty interesting line when he was talking about Brock Purdy. He was asked about Purdy to start his his major session at the podium before he broke off and just talked with the locals. And uh, he said, yeah, man, you know, there was a lot we liked about Purdy. It started with we liked his tape. Then we got to know the kid, and we liked him even more. But I got to be honest, if I knew he was going to be that good, we would have taken him earlier, and it wouldn't have lasted until the seventh round. Um, and then he said, and now my job is to find a new quarterback. I, I think there's some real truth to that. Mm-hmm. He then kind of went back and, and made clear – that he had a meeting with Sam Howell. He said they actually went for a walk around the, the facility in Ashburn. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anything is written in stone yet. I think they're taking a quarterback at two, but I don't think what's going to happen to Howell is at all decided. It's not decided, but there have been rumors that people are want to reach out to trade him and stuff like trade for him. And if they do and you can get something for him, get him. I mean, if you draft a quarterback, okay. Listen, bro, I am at the point now, Jay, where all these people that fall in love with everybody that we're trying to get, we won four games last year with them, okay? And if you're about to move on to another quarterback and if if somebody give you something, and up in here some numbers, and if they give you a better pick than what he was, take it and keep moving. So, I mean – that's where I'm at with it. I mean, we we can we, we we have fallen in love with Heineke, we how everybody. I mean, game we won with them. Sure. No, I'm, I, I don't think anybody should be in love with anything. I, what do I? People have wanted to yell at me about you can't lose Bienemy, you can't lose Howell. Um, you know, you can't you can't start over defensively. Chase Young, how could you trade him for a third? They were four and thirteen. 
start start over. It, it wasn't working. Yep. It wasn't working for a million different reasons, but there is zero that demanded that you keep this thing moving. Exactly. Um, speaking of keeping this thing moving, here's what we're going to do. We just got to talk to Adam Peters at length. It was uh, myself, Nikki Jabala, Sam Fortier, Ben Stanig, Mitch Tischler. I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, David Harrison was there. Seawall, uh, Candy was there. It, it was a really solid conversation. You probably won't get to hear this anywhere else. You will hear it here next on B. Mitch and Finley. Brian Mitchell here, and I always demand excellence, whether I'm on or off the field. And if your HVAC system isn't cutting it, it's time for Rude. Thanks to the IRA Act, you can snag up to $2,000 in tax credits for qualifying heat pump systems. And Maryland residents, there are extra rebates on Rude equipment just for you. Personally, I have three Rude 18 c inverter heat pumps powering my home, and it's a total game changer. So head over to Rude.com. That's R-U-U-D.com and see for yourself. Elevate your comfort this winter with Rude. Because if it ain't Rude, it definitely ain't right. Finley 1067, the fam. Adam Peters talked for a while at the podium. Then Adam Peters spoke with myself, Ben Sandig, Sam Fortier, Nikki Javala, among others. Um, we turned this audio around for you fast. Thank you to Chris Kerwin, Mitch Tischler, and Jim Mullins for getting it quick. Let's let it play. Here is uh, Adam Peters talking with a bunch of folks about a lot of things. How does the Trey Lance trade inform your thinking about potentially trading up or down for quarterback? I think any any trade that's ever been made is is a data point to give you a guideline on, on if you were to make a trade, what, what the compensation would be. Um, so, I mean, that's how, probably the best answer to that. You understand what the value is if, if you were to make a trade and, and use that with a, a bunch of other comps and your analytics and your admin to, to think about if that's something you wanted to do, all right, this is what it would look like. That data point doesn't make you more or less likely to do it. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> well, no. What about this from a player evaluation standpoint with regards to, to that one? How did you, what did you learn lessons from that? With Trey? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get too much into specifics with Trey. I, I think the world of Trey. I think as a person and as a player. Um, there's a lot of different things that went into, they, really with him or anybody, that go into your success, you know, or the level of success you have uh, besides your talent level and your character and all that. And there's there's different, you know, factors that go into that. So um, I did learn a lot from that, but um, probably something that I'd rather keep to myself and, and keep it right up here. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to know those? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think there, there's there's a ton. You know, it's kind of like when you're looking for a head coach, where you have so many different traits, and a lot of them blend into each other. And so, but you're looking for you know the, the face of your franchise, one, and how how they are, how they do that doesn't need to be a big rah-rah guy doesn't need to be a big vocal guy but it lead by example but just be a leader and carry yourself the right way obviously all the talent you want especially now um you know if, if you have a, a mobile quarterback that certainly helps but you have to be able to play the position first i think that's first and foremost you have to be able to play the position before you can you know look into all the, the different things in terms of being mobile and all that. how much maybe has that changed since you started as a scout with the pats and brady playing at such a high level yeah. to kind of what quarterbacking is now lamar mahomes i mean all these guys it's, it's shifted yeah the game shifted a lot um i think you think college football for a lot of that um when i was starting 
think uh, they, in New England they had just traded Drew Bledsoe, and Drew Bledsoe was the, the prototype, and then Tom obviously, and it's evolved a little bit. And there's there's a place for any type of quarterback as long like Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback, but he's not a mobile guy. But then Lamar is like a whole different set of problems, and so um, there's a lot of different ways to to play quarterback very effectively. Um, I do think you do have a few more options if you're mobile, but that's certainly not not an absolute by any means. Yeah, with the with our free agents, we're still working through that, and this is a great week to to have talks with with agents and and talk about our own free agents and really see how that all works together. It's a big puzzle you're putting together, whether it's your high, you're signing your own free agents, <clears throat> evaluating your own players, and then looking at outside free agents as well. So. Um, probably come up with a lot of decisions coming out of this week, which will be good prior to free agency, but um, we're still really in, in the middle of that process. What's your philosophy on tagging players, franchise or transition? Do you expect to use one this week? Uh, philosophy, um, I think it's just a case-by-case -case basis, I think, uh, but, but this year, no. No, I don't think we're going to do that. Does it matter to you that some of these quarterbacks aren't going to throw? I think everybody, you know, that's that's the world we're in right now, um, where you know, Christian McCaffrey started it, not playing in the bowl game a long time ago. But I think um, just with any decision you make in life, if you're if you're going to be a top five pick, you got to make a cost benefit analysis and how is this going to help you versus how how could it hurt you? And if you are, you can fall a lot further than than go up when you're up there. So um, you know, every every guy makes the decision that's that's best for them, and I think you have to respect that. Outside of, outside of quarterback, how do you kind of approach this week? Do you target uh, particular positions that you want to kind of talk to guys with, or is it just kind of a blanket canvas for you as you, as you go through kind of the player interviews and get to knows and whatnot? Yeah, I really appreciate the non-quarterback question, first of all, because, <laughs> I mean, that's not what we're here for. We're here for everything. and, and uh, But uh, with, with anything, with every player, you can't really focus. You don't ever know what you're going to do in free agency. You don't know, like, how guys that are already on the team can adapt to your scheme and a guy who was a backup could be a starter uh, in the new scheme. So you, you really have to uncover every or turn over every stone, right, for everything because you never know when you're sitting there in the sixth round and there's a player that maybe, oh, I didn't look at him because that wasn't a big need and then that's the highest player on your board. So you have to do all the work and with scouting or like a lot of our jobs, I'm sure your jobs are the same way. There's a lot left on the cutting room floor where you're like, oh gosh, I just spent three hours watching that guy and it never, never came to fruition, but you have to do the work. Now that you've had some time to look at the whole roster, have there been any surprises, maybe an area that's better than you thought and an area that, okay, we actually do need to address that in non-quarterback division? Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I don't, again, I don't want to get too, too into specifics about our own guys, um, but there are guys that may may have been great fits in the previous schemes that aren't as good and there's guys that maybe weren't the best fits in the in the previous scheme that, that really fit us so um, that was really enlightening going through that because when I started I'm looking through a 49ers lens and would this player fit for us but you really have to look through the lens of your own team and your own coach and your own scheme luckily for us DQ's defensive scheme is really multiple and, and you can use pe people in different ways and same with Cliffs on, on offense so um, you can get really get creative, and there's no, you know, there's no like set spots, you know, for the most part, which is really cool. Previously, you said free agency wasn't a big priority spending-wise. Is that still the case now that you've looked through everything, or or do you need to get some new blood in immediately? Yeah, I think 
you really build through the draft. You always build through the draft, but you always have to supplement through free agency. So we're gonna we're gonna look hard in free agency. We do have uh, some some spots to fill. So um, you know how we're gonna spend and who we're gonna spend it on. We still have to get through that, but we'll always remain a, a draft and develop team at our core and supplement through free agency. Cam Curl in particular is he a guy you would hope to keep? Yeah, we've we've had talks with with Cam's representatives, and we'll continue to do that. Um, I can just say from playing against him, I think we played against him almost every year um, when I was in San Francisco. He was always one of the best players on the defense, the guys we had to watch out for. He, got, he had a game plan for. So uh, I have a lot of respect for him. I've heard great things about him. I'm sure you guys know him a little bit better than I do uh, in terms of the type of person he is. So um, we're going to definitely explore that and, and see if that fits into in, in our overall plans. You mentioned where you guys are now reminds you a little bit of San Francisco. At the yeah. Beginning. How much of the playbook I guess from from how you guys built that thing transfers um, a, a lot of it does in terms of you always remember your mistakes more than your successes at least I do you know those, those things stick with you more than the others so you try not to make the same mistake twice and so the, the things that we could have done better in San Francisco try not to do here and the things that we did well a lot of that translates I know it was seven years ago but um, a lot of the same things remain the same so just try to Lean on those experiences and, and, and do the you know, do the good things well and, and don't do the bad things again. <laughs> when you look at the Panthers trading up to one last year for a quarterback, how do you balance with trading within the conference and, and not hindering yourself, giving up too much equity versus trying to make your own team better? Yeah, in terms, I, I mean, trades in particular, you know, you always lean on everybody that you. Uh, you, know, you have in the building to give you all the best information. Um, you talk to in, in those things, especially a, a big trade. You're always going to talk with ownership. You're going to talk with everybody to get you know make sure you're making the best decision. So all of those things and more come into account when you're making a, a trade. If yeah. you identify your guy, is there any price that would stop you from getting it? Yeah, I, I don't really want to get into all that in terms of the price, and, and we, we're we're still really early in the process. I, I'd tell you more if, if I knew more, but we, we haven't even met any of these guys yet, so um, I'd probably just leave it at that for now. Eugene Shen was somebody. Eugene Shen was somebody who was hired right before you uh, yeah. got here. What we haven't asked about him. What, what what's his role going to be? See for for you and how you help evaluate this team, free agents, draft, etc. Yeah, we've we've had a really good dialogue with Eugene and and um, just just getting to learn how he can work with coaching, with personnel, with you know free agent pricing, all the different things you can do uh, and more. So he's been really um, enthusiastic. He's been really good to work with and enjoy, enjoy working with him. So uh, a lot of the stuff we're doing, we're, we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants right now, just getting to know each other. But we'll have a great chance to, um, as we go through this process to implement some really cool processes and, and some of our own metrics that we want to do to identify commanders as well as the in-game stuff and everything else you do, you know, health and performance. There's so many different avenues you can go down with that, so I'm excited to work with them. How important is analytics for you just over your career in terms of what you are trying to accomplish? Yeah, it keeps, you know, it's it's another, I think when you're talking about just player evaluation, it's, it's a great data point, it's a great cross-checker for you, and the more and more you can really tailor it to what you're looking for uh, in players, uh, it can really, really help you gain edges, and that's what you're always looking on. Everybody's got the same amount of money, same amount of players. You're trying to gain edges in certain ways, and, and by having a really good analytics team and analytics uh, department, um, you can really gain an edge that way. Before meeting with him, how are your overall assessments of this quarterback class? 
this quarterback class. I think everybody says it's pretty good, right? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks. I'll say that. And there's there's we're meeting with a lot of them, and we're it's probably I would say a, a good year if you needed a quarterback. Which I'm not saying we need a quarterback, but if you did, I think there's some really good options, and really excited to meet them. Adam, I know it's been a whirlwind with you yeah. all just kind of getting up to speed, coaching staff. Can you describe the culture that you all are trying to build? Yeah, whirlwind's a great, great uh, description of what we've been doing. Um, but the culture is just uh, of just great people, great people who love football, who want to win, who want to have each other's backs, work hard, and just have fun doing it. And uh, we've had that so far, which is really cool, and I think we'll continue to have that. And um, that's why we brought the people in that we brought in, and a lot of you know like-minded in that in that way, a lot of diverse different thoughts, but like-minded in, in, in those particular things, that, that's what really helps build a great culture. With that Take whirlwind, with, with that whirlwind, how is like timing of everything? Where is your timeline on evaluating your own team? If you're going to release guys, you probably got to decide the next couple weeks. You've been so busy. Have you been able to dive into the kind of roster minutiae stuff yet? Yeah, I think you always got to remind yourself, you know, they say, keep the main thing the main thing. So, What's what's most important right now? What's important now? Win. It's like an acronym, right? So, so figure that out. Like, what's really important right now that I need to get done here for tomorrow, for the next day, and for the next day, and keep prioritizing those things. And that's because there's a lot. There's a lot that comes at you. But um, if you break it down like that, it makes it a little more manageable. Obviously, there's a question about at least for us, like how quick are you guys looking to turn this thing around? Be really aggressive in free agency and try to make the playoffs next year or understand it could be a bit of a rebuild. Where are you kind of at mentally and how do you kind of approach having to make those kinds of uh, decisions? Yeah, I, I don't know if we talked about this, but it, you, you want to build it responsibly so it's, it's sustainable. So, you know, spending on a bunch of high level free agents, you know, that, that you'd probably be better in the short term, but are you better in the long term? That maybe, maybe not. So try to build a plan where you can build the team up and and keep it healthy so you can be really good for a really long time and compete for championships year over year. What's your impression of this year's draft class? positions where you feel like, you know, there's good depth, others were, you know, maybe less so. Just what's your general impression? Yeah, I think um, if you talk to all the, the draft experts and people and, and really people in the NFL as well, um, they say it's a good receiver class, good tackle class. So those are the. I don't want to get into what's bad because I don't think that's. It's good to talk about anything negative. But those those two are, are really strengths of this draft. So I would, if we're talking about a couple different positions, I'd say those two. All right, B. So now you got to hear from Adam Peters a, a little more directly there. Um, so when people understand what most, I, maybe all of the coaches and GMs that take to the big podium session. They tend to attract really large crowds and get asked some good questions, but a lot of kind of random weird stuff. Yeah. Um, and so usually what most coaches and GMs do is then talk off to the side with uh, a smaller group of people that are kind of day-to-day specific, more specific questions. And so that's what I wanted to bring to our audience there was to get to hear Peters in, in those in those questions. Was there anything that, that kind of stood out for you, B? Not much. I just think he, he was very uh, kind of vague in a sense, but uh, I expect that. Um, but the thing about it is I don't think Adam is overly concerned about the quarterbacks that are not playing. I agree with you that are not performing uh, at the combine because he knows that that's, that's just a part of what happens. 
But I agree with you that he does not want to give you much. Right. And he's a smart man for, for not doing that. Because any little thing that he gives is going to become huge. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think there there's a pretty clear directive that let's just kind of get through the media sessions we have to deal with and and go forward from there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's relatively reasonable. Um, he, he's certainly personable and answers the questions and is relatively direct. But, like, you know, what, what do you it, – it's also like when we ask him, you know, what do you think of this quarterback class, on some level, considering his role, right, with the Niners, I – yeah, maybe Caleb Williams because it's a, you know he's in California and probably played in the Bay Area some. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and I don't want to say something, you know, right or wrong here. It's entirely possible he hasn't even watched these guys throw in person. In person, probably not. Right? Yeah. And like, I mean, that's a pretty big part of this arithmetic, you know. Because I would think if he was sitting in, uh, in in San Fran, they weren't in a position for those, none of those guys for him to be going and say, let me go watch these guys throw the ball. Right. They were going to be drafting late. <laughs> right. And, Very late. And, like, his the, – the coach he hired was coaching until mid-January. Yeah. And the coaches he hired – a couple of them were coaching until mid-February. So, like, I, I do – I think some of it is legitimate that he's not locked in on anything yet. I, I do think him talking about the Trey Lance trade was interesting but probably not important. I remember you telling me when that trade went down that you weren't so convinced where that trade was coming from um, as far as who, who was pushing it necessarily, who was or wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I, I always had found that interesting. I, I did, though. Um, a lot of people have been curious about the role of Eugene Shen, who Josh Harris hired halfway through the season. He did actually open up on that. I, I at least want to touch on that briefly. Nikki Jabala joins us at 1 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel. Every Thursday with TNT Thursdays. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game. NBA same-game parlays are a perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. Listen, you can just be thinking about going with the point spread, who's going to score any points or whatever, but you know what? You mix them together, you have a chance to win a bigger one. How about tonight? Steph Curry over 25 points, minus 270. Over under, 243.5, minus 110. And then also, you can go with the spread right here. Well, the point spread, which is minus 10.5, for Golden State, I think you, most people would want to take Golden State. But if you think the Wizards are going to stand up, take them, mix those three things together, and you have a chance at getting you close to a hundred dollar bet could get you over nine hundred bucks. However you want to play, just head to FanDuel.com/Brian to bet the NBA with a no sweat same game parlay with TNT Thursdays. That's FanDuel.com/Brian. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years or older, pre- present in Virginia. Minimum three-leg three leg parlay required. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet, which expires seven days after receipt. Max refund is $5 unless otherwise specified. 
Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, they are in earshot of me, but I did want to say to the Commander's content team, they did a hell of a job with the Commander's Log episode one. And if any, I tweeted it out. If anybody hasn't seen that yet, I think it really is a good scene setter for the Combine this week. Um, and all the players are going to watch and everything. Now, you hear this music. Petey Pie Mutter. That means it's time to welcome in our friend, Miss Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post, who covers the Commanders. Hello, Nikki. How do you do? I'm good. How are you? I, I'm a little confused because you were here in the same room as me like 15 minutes ago, and, and now we're on the phone. Because you, yeah. were, you were stinking and she had to get away from me. <laughs> I took a shower, sir. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people take shower, they still smell. Um, listen, there are people here that stink, but I am not one of them, at not, least today. I, I, I didn't smell you, for what it's worth. Nikki yeah, was standing I, next I, to me for 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, but she, I, she sure left quickly away from you. Um, if I'm guessing Nikki hustled <laughs> to the J-Dub to get a six shots of espresso into a tall coffee cup. Um, I am sitting in Starbucks. Absolutely. <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> um, dude, so, Nikki, what do you think we – what did you learn from Adam Peters? He talked between the podium and the scrum probably mm-hmm. a half hour. Yeah. No, he talked a lot. He didn't give a whole lot of information. I think he's become already quite good at keeping details close to the vest. Um, but he had some interesting things to say. I mean, you know, he talked some about – you know, the quarterback traits that he looks for, how evaluating that position has changed. He did not divulge any details about which quarterback he wants and what their plans are for the number two pick or trading up or trading down or any of, like, the juicy information we all want to know. Um, but he did give some insight into kind of what these last few weeks have been like for him and, and kind of their process now as they continue to evaluate the roster and, and look at not just draft prospects, but free agents and their own free agents and, and kind of where they're at with things. Like, uh, the, the, <laughs> don't you expect all of these GMs now to not answer questions? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you hear so many of the same lines. Like, yeah. you know, I was just talking to Sam Fortier, my colleague, about this. Like, you know, you hear I'm talking about, you know, we're going to build through the draft and we're going to tailor our system to players. And we're going to, we want an explosive offense. And of course you want an explosive offense. And, you know, they all say they're going to tailor, do they actually? And they all say they want to build through the draft. Do they actually though? And, you know, it's a lot of the same lines and, you know, we want to keep the main thing, the main thing. And, you know, a lot of this is very scripted after a while. Explosive and physical defense. Yeah. I'd be concerned if they didn't want that. Right. 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 All it is, I, I just think for, I've always done this. I don't care who I'm talking to. It could be a coach, it could be a GM, it could be just a regular person. Once you say something to me, I'm now watching to see you do what you said. Right. So you got to be careful when they're trying to just blow you off and they end up saying something that they probably know that they're not going to live up to. Yeah. yeah. You keep receipts is what you're saying. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely yeah. a receipt keeper. <laughs> um, well, Nikki, I'm curious what you think. I – feel more and more that this thing for Washington is going to be Daniels or May. And I think Caleb's going one. I think it's to Chicago, but maybe it ends up to somebody else. Do you, I mean, it's only February 27th. We're a little mm-hmm. less than two months out. But does your gut kind of say the same thing? It depends on the day, honestly. Like, I go back and forth on it. 
some days I feel like, oh man, yeah, they they have to trade up. They have to like they have the picks, they have the money. They this is one year where they have to really go all in if they really truly love Caleb Williams. Then other times I'm like, but do they really love Caleb Williams? But if they like Jaden Daniels, what if what if they want to add a veteran in the room? Like, would they even consider trading back? Gosh, I hope they don't. If you're sitting at number two and you need a quarterback and you've needed a quarterback for the better part of 20 years, like I hope they don't do that. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I, it's still so early in the process where I'm like, I, I feel like there's still every option available to them. And they could go any which way. And I think a lot of it is they're kind of waiting for another team to make the move, Chicago. Mm-hmm. To, and what would that move be to, like, start the conversation? I thought Poles, Ryan Poles, Bears GM that spoke earlier this morning, I thought he was, like, somewhat honest in saying, listen, we want to we want to be fair to Justin Fields. That, to me, I hear we're probably moving him and want right. to, you know, do right by right. him. Um, right. I just, I don't know, man. I, I feel like. If it is Daniels or May, do you – because people hear what they want to hear. And what one thing sure. I think detrimentally, frankly, that we've already I, found is there are people that want May and there's people that want Daniels. And right. I, I, I don't think any of them work in Ashburn yet with a definitive opinion, but I think among the fan base. Um, mm-hmm. Has anything you've heard between Kingsbury and the assistants and Peters and Quinn, do you think they have a lean? Because I'm not sure they do. I don't think they do at this point. I mean, like Adam Peters said this at least three times between his time on the podium and in the separate media scrum that he did with us is, you know, they haven't even talked to the guys yet. And I think that's, I mean, that is a huge part of it. The film obviously says a lot of what they need to know, um, the medicals too. Um, but you also need to talk to the guy. You got to figure out what kind of person he is and, and can he be sort of that face of the franchise and the leader in the room. And that's, because that's a voice they've been lacking sorely for, for years, really. Um, and they have to get this right. Because if they don't, I mean, you're paying for it for years to come, just as they have been, you know, these last few years. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't get the sense that they really know which way they're going to go yet. I, I still think it's so early in the process. And, yeah, we're at the combine, and it feels like this is when you kind of figure out who you like and who you don't. But... You know, I think a lot of people tend to forget that free agency is in like three weeks too, and yeah, that changes right. a lot of the draft too. Well, as I listened to him talk to y'all, when uh, someone asked him a question, I think it was Mitch outside of uh, quarterback, he was kind of thrilled and happy, which tells me they are taking a quarterback. They just want to let you know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you all think is the next thing after trying to select a quarterback that they're going to be trying to do? I mean, if it were me, it'd be the offensive line. I mean, because I, I do think that is a position that you're better off drafting. You know, you got to build through the draft. You look at the successful teams, and I know there's multiple ways to do it, but I look at the teams that have done it really well and built sustainable lines, not just for one year, but for multiple years, and it's been built through the draft. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight, obviously. It takes a few usually, but, I mean, they have to get in some more draft pieces. I think they got one – they have a good staple – right now and Sam Cosme, but that leaves, you know, the rest of the line that they really got to figure out. I think Charles Leno probably has another year left. Wiley, they'll have another year contractually unless they want to eat a good chunk of dead money. Um, but the other positions in my mind are, are up for grabs. And then, you know, after a year, the, 
full line outside of Cosme is up for grabs. So they really have to solidify that, that group, especially if you're bringing in another young quarterback. Well, what's crazy is, I, I mean, Peters didn't make the trades, but we were focused on the offensive line, understandably, but they got nothing coming back on the defensive line, like at least right. at the edges. And Yeah, I mean, the dearth of defensive ends is just – I mean, it's kind of a non-position for this team to be in when you think about how many first-round picks they had up front just, just a year ago. But, you know, that's where they're at, and they have to get some pass rushers. Absolutely have to get some pass rushers. I mean, the, the inside linebackers, that group has been lacking for years, as we know. I mean, they have to fortify the, the secondary, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the defense has probably more holes than the offense at this point. I, I mean, dude, I think as crazy as that is to sound, because the depth of the hole at quarterback is certainly the most significant, but if it's just volume of holes – it might be. What is yeah. what is a certainty defensively? The two D tackles, right? Those are the only ones, really. I mean, I guess you know you gotta you gotta develop a Manuel Forbes somehow. I think Quan Martin is still. I think he could be a really interesting player because um, he started to come on late. I think he's versatile. I think having Derek Forrest back will be huge. I still think he's he's a really good player. Um, Cam Curl, yep. um, assuming they get him done. But, you know, they need they need at least a couple other corners, you know, another safety. Like, that secondary has been a mess for, like, a couple of years. They got to figure that out. They got some yeah. good players, but they got to figure that out. They got to they gotta correct the communication because I, I, yeah. I know, JP, you've heard me. We've done this show for three years, but even prior to the show, you can't be communicating with your head looking at your guy when the ball's being snapped. And it's been going on right. for four or five years. Right. They got to correct that up front. Or I don't care who they have back there. They're going to have problems. Right. Yeah, I mean, and that to me is, like, the good thing with the staff they built is you look at what they've done in Dallas and even in Atlanta, which Joe Witt has done with um, Dan Quinn, with the secondary, and how they – I mean, they've had exceptional talent in Dallas, too. Like, it's not – certainly not all the coaches, but the way they've, they've – brought in depth at those positions like to have not just Trayvon Diggs but Duran Bland then leave the yeah. league and pick sixes is just remarkable <laughs> one guy has 10 one year the other guy comes back the next year and it looks better right <laughs> it's right. crazy um yeah I mean it, it, it is going to be remarkable looking around kind of the, the rest of the league Nikki at the combine because it's not it's kind of disguised as this college evaluation process but it's really about what's going to happen in free agency and kind of the, the trade market in the next two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connell, I guess, did his podium session a little earlier and said that we want Kirk back. It seems like Kirk wants to be back. We can, we can make this work. Um, I don't think this is the direction they're going. I don't think it's the direction they should go, but I think, I think Kirk goes back to Mini. I think Baker goes back to Tampa would you think about making a push for either of those if you were in charge of Washington? I think it depends on who they want in the draft. You know, if they if they want to go young and they really feel like they have a guy that can start immediately, I don't think you go down that route. Um, if you get a younger guy that you think needs some time to develop, maybe you bring in a veteran like that. Um yeah, I mean, I, this is where I think that they just have so many options available to 
to them still just because there's not clarity on what everybody else is doing. You know, like, is, is Minnesota really going to make the push to keep Kirk Cousins? Um, you know, or is he going to end up on the free agent market, which would seem odd to me, but, you know, depends on which way they want to go. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like there's so much that's open right now. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I think the only the only real area – yeah, I, I think the real headliner will be Russ Wilson. And based on what Sean Payton said earlier, that seems like it's happening. Um, but I might, the, the question I would ask is, do we do we think after all these years of doing everything we've done, coming in saying we're doing something new, to bring in a veteran quarterback right now, is that going to be going along the lines of doing something different? Or that's the same thing we've been doing. Yeah, I don't think the fans would like it. Yeah. But – Depends on what they want, you know. It depends on how they view these quarterbacks in this year's class. And it doesn't sound like next year's class is going to be all that great. So you really have to think multiple years down the road of kind of what's the long-term plan here. Well, beyond QB, right, because it's going to dictate so much of our thought process and conversation for the next two months and probably the next 50 years. But um, what positions do you think they should try to target early in the draft, maybe 36 and 40? Versus they're going to have to spend some money. Where would you try to find a starter in free agency? Um, I think they should, I mean, tackle, I feel like, should be the priority behind quarterback. Um, but in terms of, like, yeah, the draft versus free agency, I still think tackle on the draft and then for some to help in free agency, try to find a pass rusher, a guy who's ready to play immediately, I mean, I think there's some good talent in this draft, um, but they need a lot of – they need bodies, basically, on the defensive end. Like, they, they just – they don't have depth. They don't have starters. So, I, I think they need help there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's – they have options there, too, but I, I, I do think, like, offensive line, I still think he built through the draft on that one. I, I agree with you. Just because, one, you need depth and you need, like, volume depth. But it's also like you're going to have to spend so much money. If you're trying to get a left tackle in free agency, outside of wide out and quarterback, there's probably nowhere you'd be spending more cash. Right. Right? Um, yeah. So the other thing, we're going to hear about like rule changes and all that kind of stuff ahead of the owners' meetings about a month from now. I guess it's the Browns. This is more just something interesting I saw. The Browns um, – Nikki, you tell me when you need to leave. That's fine. Um, I know I know you got stuff going on. I know what the scene is like at the Starbucks at the J-Dub. Um, okay. Okay. But the Browns are looking to have a discussion for the league about moving the trade deadline back. You find that kind of interesting? It is interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of what it would accomplish. I guess it would – that is a, what is it, what is kind of the reasoning behind it? Have they said I I don't know all that much about it to be frank with you. I my guess is they want it like further along in the season. If I'm Cleveland and they're talking right. about the trade deadline, considering everything that just happened to them at quarterback is why I right. I don't know. Um, I just huh. I kind of like that. I like the trade deadline becoming more of a. a impactful date on the NFL calendar and I like the yeah. idea of pushing it back a month because I mean dude the NFL season 
is now through – I mean, the regular season goes through the middle of January. Like, you can push that right. back to Thanksgiving week and make it pretty interesting. Right. I mean, it gives, it gives you more flexibility late in the season as you're right. pushing for postseason. Um, right. But I kind of like it. It's kind of like at the halfway point of the year, you got to, you know, kind of force this team to, to decide on their roster, really, and make some tougher decisions where, I don't know. I could yeah. kind of go back and forth on that one. I'd have to think about it. I kind of like it, but it, that's first blush. Listen, I want to let you go because I know you got stuff to do, and I don't want you to think you got to stay. So go. Okay. Right, I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Nikki. All right, that's our friend Nikki okay. Javala, Washington Post. She's here in Indy trying to get everything done just like the rest of us. Um, Brian, you know, one thing that, that's interesting is I posted this video earlier of Adam Peters – he was talking about Brock Purdy and what they found in Purdy and how maybe they got lucky and maybe they didn't. And then at the end, he's kind of making a joke, but he's saying, you know, now I've got to find a new quarterback. And I, I like the uh, whoever runs the Junks account, but a lot of people have been replying this to me, like, oh, man, that means it's over for Sam. Are there a significant amount of people that thought they were going to roll with Sam? JP. Yes, in this town there are people. I mean, why? I don't know. But there are a lot of people out there who think that way. And I've been hearing that for a long time. So I don't I really I I I don't get it. I mean, what did they see last year to make people think that oh they ain't gonna just not try and get somebody else? So I mean, that is a I think we 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 I've said this already. I still hear people talking about Heineke. Okay? It means that people like who they like. They don't care about is a guy good enough to win consistently for you, but they like what they like. Sam can become that guy, okay? But is he that guy at this point? No. Did he do something last year to make somebody not be looking? Hell no. So we have to get past that and stop just doing stuff because we like the person. It's me, Mr. Finley, 1067 The Fan. We'll be right back. Hey, it's J.P. Finley here, and you got to go check out my guys over at Rudy's Golf in Kingstown, Alexandria. Whether you're looking for a night out with the boys or to really work on your golf game, they've got it all. They've got 74 driving range bays, double-deckers, all of them equipped with top tracer technology. They've got awesome food. They've got awesome draft beer selection. I love the wings. You could take a date over there, or you could just go and really try to get your game ready for spring golf season. If you want to bring the kids, 36 holes of putt-putt. You can have fun no matter what it is you're looking for. Their costs are half the price of their competitors. I'm telling you, it's a blast over there. I've been a bunch. My family enjoys it, and when I go with my friends, they enjoy it too. Check them out at rudysgolf.com or on Instagram at rudysgolf. Covered in oil. So, B, I, I, I don't know what happened. The whole place lost internet for like 40 seconds, and I think it was right before we went to break. Um, I, what I, I was asking you this question before. I posted this video this morning from Adam Peters talking at the podium, um, kind of about Brock Purdy saying how much, you know, if he, he never knew Purdy would be that good, but they really liked his tape, and then they really liked the person when they got to know him. Uh-huh. All very fair, right? Then he said, now it's time to find a new quarterback. And I, I am kind of stunned that 
at least more than one. Like, there's, there's, there appears to be a percentage of people that are like, oh, man, I guess this means Sam Howell won't be the answer. And I just – were there people that still thought Sam Howell was the answer? Yeah. Because you've been in this town long enough to understand if we, we, we don't – a lot of times we as fans in this town don't see the performance. We just see I like that guy. And I have – and I have to get this way. I can like you but don't want you to be the guy on my team playing that position in multiple positions because it's not about me liking you. It's can you handle the job? And so far, I don't think we really – we didn't like, – like there were some games early on where you go, wow. But as the season went on, there were more games that made you scratch your head than you went wow about. And sure, yes, just like anybody, he can, it can hit. He can the light bulb can bulb can go off. He can get to the point where things start to click. But are you really in the position to just pass up what's in front of you and not give it a try based off of the performance last year? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get if you like Sam, and I don't think they should be moving on from Sam by any stretch. I don't think. Situation dictates that, but you're drafting at number two, man. You got to continue to try to to improve at every position, let alone the game's most important position. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I don't think that that I just was surprised that that was a surprise. But I mean, people. I've been hearing like, it. I've been hearing it the whole time. And I'll get people come up to me and ask me those questions, and I say, "You want me to give you my real opinion? You want me to just?" Make you feel good because I already know where they're going with it. And well, no, no, tell me what you really feel, and I tell them what I really feel. And then they're like, "Well, I don't know if I agree with you. Well, why are you asking me for my opinion then? You don't have to agree with me, but understand, I'm not coming from a place of just liking a person or not liking you. I we we, we get an opportunity to 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 have discussions with a lot of people that make decisions, and. When you take all that stuff in the, the your 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 experiences and the history of what you've heard, man, I don't think nobody is sitting there saying, "Oh, we got the guy after last year." Yeah, I, I mean, is there a world where if the Commanders had a really good offensive line and a ton of good skill position players, and the offense was, you know, more balanced, and and Sam gets another year under his belt, like could he improve? Absolutely. Like I'm not knocking Sam. I just don't see how like I've said about all of the people involved last season, I don't see how you can look at that product and be like, oh we gotta try that again. Tom Brady had won about two, three, four, maybe four Super Bowls when they drafted Garoppolo, right? Right, right. I mean, come on now. See this this is where this is where I sometimes have an issue with we 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 complain about a lot in this town as fans. But a lot of times we are a part of that problem. Because we want people to lo- to keep people that, listen, all that Heineken stuff, averages they come. But they would rather keep Heineken than try to get better. And then they get mad and they have, like, we, we are, look at other cities that win on a consistent basis. They are still, hell, they gave $100 and something million to Carson Wentz. 
and then drafted a quarterback, and he couldn't handle it. That's why they got. That's why they traded it because he couldn't handle it. He was mad, and then this guy took him to the Super Bowl. Right now, he he had a he had a bad year in the last few seasons, last few uh, games, but ultimately, they were looking still when they were already good, and had gone to a, you know, had done some great th- great things with him. He was on his way to win the uh, MVP. But we will have people who are average, and we lose our minds over them without, and then don't want the team to try to get better. But then when they don't get better, then we complain all the time. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Agreed. Agreed. And I just would be surprised, like, to the level – I don't know, man. It, it's, it, it's just such an interesting thing, and people are so – I guess kind of emotional or whatever about the quarterback position specifically. And I definitely think Al's a really likable dude, but that doesn't change that you've got to try to make your football team a winner. Yeah. And uh, speaking of making your football team a winner, there goes Rick Spielman. Hmm. Um, I mean, there's a guy that might be able to help him. I wonder what his role is now. With it seems like he's out, you know, like it seems like his role was finding well, they, the GM. They, they found the GM. I listen when he and Myers came in to do, they did that. <laughs> they definitely did that. Yeah, I mean, they found him. They moved quick. I thought, you know, people think maybe Spielman was there to to get Peters, and it worked. They got Peters. Um, yeah, it, it it's. Another little piece of news that just came out, B. Um, I believe it was the Panthers. Yeah, it was Panthers GM Dan Morgan at his podium session a little earlier said that of Brian Burns, who many consider to be the top pass rusher on the free agent market from the Panthers. um, Dan Morgan said, we would definitely use the franchise tag if we have to use it. So, that leads me to believe I don't know that they were ever going to really spend the money required for a guy like Brian Burns in free agency, mm-hmm. but that leads me to believe it won't be an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to spend the money, and, and you until you they put it on him, until they put the franchise tag on him, he's just speaking right now. Yeah, but be that deadline's next week. Like yeah, they'll but, have to decide that. But by when, but see the thing about it, you could say we'll use it, we'll use it, we'll use. It. But once you use it, that that. Hot, Twenty-plus million dollars, you can't use that nowhere else at that point. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they just do. say what they want to say until you put the tag on him. Yeah, I mean, the tag at pass rusher is, you can help me with the math, but the top five contracts, AAV, Nick Bosa at 34, 28 for T.J. Watt, 27 for Joey Bosa, 25 for Garrett, 24 for Montez. 24 you say 34? Yeah, it's basically 34, 34 to 24. 28, 27, 25, five and 24. 25 five. and 24. Five. And divided by I mean, 5, 27, yeah. 6. That's a hell of a number to tag so, somebody with. So my thing but is. B, the dude, cap also went up. Yeah, it went up, I mean, but still. Say what you want to say. That's twenty-seven point six million dollars. If you put it, if you tag him, then you are saying this how I do this year. More than likely, because it's gonna sit there. I'm looking at 
right now the Panthers have about $33 million in cap space mm-hmm. as currently constituted. Um, now I'm sure over the next week, 10 days, they're going to make some space. But if, if Brian Burns gets tagged, is is really quite interesting. Um, he is, I, I'd say, probably by far the uh, – best or, or most high-level um, pass rusher that's out there. I uh, it Consistent because Josh Allen really popped this year in Jacksonville mm-hmm. but hasn't done that prior. Um, but that, I mean, that will impact a lot if Burns does get tagged. And maybe they're going to try to work out a long-term deal. But, you know, I know the big man, Mitch Tischler, wanted them to go after Burns or Josh Allen, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. I you can't. If they take them off, they take them off. Yeah. So, oh, B, Yo. guess who's here? Who's that? Your boy, Big Dom. Oh, Dom is there? Yeah. Tell him I say what's up. Um, I, did, I was talking to somebody from Philly last night just about how weird and crazy everything has gotten in that news cycle over the last month. And basically he's like, yeah, I'm not sure that any of it's wrong. But the biggest question they got to figure out is, was Jalen hurt? Did Jalen tell them he no longer wants to run? Or, or what changed with Jalen Hurts? And I think, I think those are serious questions for, for the Eagles to figure out. I, I have reason to believe he was hurt. And somebody should just put on there a little comment, really? <laughs> yeah. For, uh, you sure? Ex- explain further. Right. Um, I mean, this is the same thing. Now, the uh, Vikings GM was asked on the record today about trading Justin Jefferson. And we've seen reports about that, right? Mm -hmm. Even though they're probably lies. Um, And the GM. um, They traded Diggs, though. Remember that? Yeah, but Steph also said he wanted out. But And... I don't. You're right. I, you know, I don't think it was these guys that traded Diggs. I think this is a whole new staff there. I think, I think when Steph was there, it was still Mike Zimmer and probably Rick Spielman. Honestly, hmm. um, I'll, I'll pull that up to be sure. Steph's last year in Minnesota was 2019. That staff was Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, um, and then the next year it was still Zimmer and Spielman. So he wasn't traded by these guys. But your point stands. Um, Basically, the conversation about trading Justin Jefferson, this is the quote from the Vikings GM. That is not something that has once crossed my mind. You've got a blue player, a blue person. You try and keep as many of those as you can. Uh, Blue chip is the reference there. Yeah. That he's an actual blue human being. Um, I I tend to agree with that. I don't think they're trading Justin Jefferson. But Tyreek Hill got traded. You know, things happen. Yeah. I just I find it hard to believe B and and I understand the element of subterfuge and, and trying to distract folks, but if the Vikings coach, Kevin O'Connell, just got on a podium and said, We know Kirk wants to stay in Mini and we want him to stay here, I don't think they're working on a super trade with the Patriots at number three for for three first round picks. You never know, Jay. That's true. I just think know. I think like right now it's hard to believe most things that you hear, but 
around all that, all those lies is some truth, and we never get it because we think everything is a lie right now. I think that's what we got to be careful of. Most I, of it, most of it is lies. Let's get that straight. But there's a few truths that are, truths that are running around that. Uh, you know where there is always truth. Where you, you either win a bet or lose a bet. There's yep. no way around it unless you're Jeff and you try to invent new ways well, to Well, I lost one bet. last night because I think Detroit came to play, but they didn't win. They just covered. All right, let's get to it. Heard it here first. <laughs> Jeffrey? Okay, so it was a bad day for the guys in the fishbowl. Um, B, you lucky you my God, I'm not petty. Because you actually did hit your bet yesterday. Yesterday, you, you were taking um, the Knicks, but you ended up switching your bet at the last minute to take the uh, over, which was 123. I would have lost either way. It was 124. It was 111 to 113. So you actually hit your bet. Well, you, I did because I, I thought I took what's called. I did. Yeah, hit my you, bet. you you hit your bet, bro. Yeah. I, I ain't going. I ain't going. Oh, you be was going to try to get me on the little hater raid. I now, understand. Now give me give me. Did I hit to beat? Uh, yes, JP, you did hit, All and right. I'm taking Dayton minus ten and a half over Davidson, and I'm parlaying that with my men's Bowie State Bulldogs taking on Livingstone College tonight. And I'm going to take Davidson to cover. Is it Livingstone or Livingston? Livingstone, man. Okay. What do you got, Landfill? And them Bowie State Bulldogs. Oh, Lord. I love All right, Fred Smoot. Uh, I'm taking Kansas minus six and a half. Kansas is good at basketball. That's why. That's my rationale. I like that. I like that. Keep it simple. Um, no offense to our friends on the other side of M Street, the other side of the city, but I'm going to lay a big number against the Hoyas tonight. I am going to lay the 15 and a half with Villanova. Um, tonight up in Philadelphia. Mm. Landville, this is your move, betting against Georgetown. I mean, it's not a bad move. <laughs> I also don't hate Dayton tonight. But that's another big number. Yep, that's why I took... Uh, you took Davidson? That's why I took Davidson. All right. Um, well, yeah. thank you. That's everybody, right? Thank you to everybody that listened to the program today. Thank you to Barstool Nate and Nikki Javala for joining us. Thank you for a little chaotic day here in Indy uh, for all the boys in the aquarium getting it done. Um, B and I will be back tomorrow. Grant and Danny coming your way next. They're going to have Adam Peters on their show live, I believe, at 3 o'clock. Make sure you listen 3.20, 3.20 p.m. Make sure you listen to that We'll be back tomorrow. You'll hear from Dan Quinn, Daniel Jeremiah. It's going to be a packed show. We didn't even get to the DJ thing today. Uh, I picked his mind about the best quarterbacks for Washington. I remember, he got a message for me. Okay, gotcha. Oh, he does have a message for you. Thank you for listening. You made it this far. B. Mitch owes you a beer. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.